If you've noticed a change in your bathroom habits and your number two isn't what it used to be, then let us invite you to try Autron Till. It's developed by Dr. Ken Brown, a board-certified gastroenterologist to help people that suffer from IBS, bloating, and diarrhea. It's made from all-natural, non-GMO polyphenols that will put your gut microbiome back in check. Trust us, we all use it, we all benefit from it, and yes, you will notice a difference. Try the 630 trial, that's six pills a day for 30 days, and if it's not working for you, you can get your money back. Click on the show notes for the details or go to autrontill.com and use keyword whiskey bros at checkout yeah. that's yeah. cool that's a lot of youtube videos all right here we go this is 71 yes Okay, I'm over it. Outlaw <laughs> <laughs> for hire. That's our intro for this one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Episode 71. Man, we got a I special treat for you tonight. We do have a really special treat. This is the beginning of a new new segment that we're uh, debuting. What's for it called? Getting to know your elected officials. And yeah. with us tonight on this very special inaugural episode, we have Dr. Lynn Stuckey. Our inaugural? <laughs> it don't get no better. <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, our state, uh, local state representative. So welcome to the show, Dr. Thank Stuckey. You. Good Thank to you. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate is, you guys. It is good to have you here. So What, what a, I mean, what we a were, studio. We <laughs> were sitting around. We were just thinking, like, we know literally jack shit yeah. about what it takes to represent us. Yeah. It's been a while since yeah. we've been through government, social and economic, you know, school courses. So it's like, what do the people that we elect, what exactly do they do? What's, you know, what's their role? So that's the, that's the gist of the show is not to be too terribly political. I think it'll happen. <laughs> that's probably, yeah. I think we're going to go get into that. But the gist is just to have, information on what you do and uh, yes, you know, right. what you do for your local uh, community, yeah. what you do for the state, all the above, what's your day-to-day like. And, and this is great. So, so, so oh, tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, uh, I grew up in uh, on a farm ranch in Kansas and, uh, and went to a small school, a little smaller than Decatur. Uh, we actually won state championship but Decatur almost did almost it. I know. oh man it was so close uh, I went and wa- I got to do the coin flip yeah game. my daughter great, was there she told me great game uh, I wish they'd have won though but uh, graduated from there uh, but when I was 11 years old my dad developed a brain tumor and passed away my mom jeez there were six of us kids my oldest was in college my oldest brother and the next oldest was a uh, senior in high school and I was 11 I had three little sisters and uh my mom looked at all of us, said, A, you know, you're going to know Jesus, and B, you're all going to get a college degree. And so she made sure she, that happened before she passed away. But uh, my oldest brother got drafted in the Vietnam War. My next oldest brother was 18, and uh, she wanted us all to go to college, but we had no money. She was going to try to help us what she could. So when he got a scholarship to play college football, he went off and left. And yeah. so he'd come home when he could. But it was me and my mom and my three little sisters. We had cattle, sheep, hogs and about a thousand acres of uh, cropland that we worked in. I can relate to that. 
Yep. Yeah, I know. This is a beautiful ranch you just drove up on. Well, here. thank you. Yeah, so. we're going to get you out in the daytime or take you for a pig hunt or something like that. Hey, I'm in. I'm in right now. How about after this is over? <laughs> yeah. I think we can pull that off. Yeah. What are you absolutely. doing afterwards? I'm going to have to get something besides shorts. <laughs> I need some pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you probably got about 20 thermals out here. No, <laughs> no, sir. No, no, no. We, uh, we lost, all, uh, we lost all our guns in the lakes, yeah. too. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 just I don't, bet, don't we, look over to your left. I hear Kevin Burns is going to be on this. We can get some from him. Yeah. 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 He's always up for a donation. He knows a guy. He's got it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, when I was uh, in high school and I was farming and ranching, and every time we had a snowstorm in Kansas, central Kansas, I didn't get to go home and look out the window and watch the snow. I got to go home and feed animals, make sure they didn't die. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I loved growing up uh, on a farm ranch, but I literally hated uh, blizzards. And when everybody's getting a snow day and it's fun, yeah. farmers aren't having fun. I'm I'm going out and making sure they they're eating or or if they die, we're done. Yeah. Uh, so I would do that. So when I went to veter- my second degree, my first degree was uh, ag degree in at Kansas State. My okay. second degree was a ca- uh, veterinarian. So when I went was getting my second degree, I thought, you know, I'm not going to go back to where I grew up. Uh-huh. I knew all the other farmers and ranchers around there, and there was a great place to live. But, it, you know, the, over the years, ranching and farming has gone from you could survive on 600 acres to now you got to have three to 6,000 yeah. acres. Yeah, you have to have wow. thousands of head of cattle to really be prosperous. Otherwise, right. you're just— Why is not, that? It's just, I don't know, the way the, the, way the market is and the way, uh, you yeah. know, the big, the big three players that are there, it's just yeah. kind of unfortunate. That's, the margins are very, very, very tight. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. fortunately, we're, we've got an up market right now on, on beef, but it won't last forever. You know? No, they never do. There'll yeah. be a couple good years, and there'll be five that'll be marginal, and then there'll be a couple, a couple good years. couple good years, yeah. And, and then you throw the droughts in there, and you have the cost and the fertilizer costs and everything else, and, you know, you might have made more money on the sale, but your fertilizer and your... The fertilizer rates in the last two years tripled. Yeah. Absolutely tripled. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no beating around the bush. They tripled. Was that a Ukraine thing? Uh, Um, Multi. Partly. Yeah. 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 It's also an energy thing, right? Uh, Yeah. Just all of the above. Uh, supply chains. I mean, everything really. But it's it. it's amazing. You know, the oil price goes up, and then fertilizer mm-hmm. goes up, and tires go up, mm-hmm. and then the oil price goes down, and none of those things go down. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just thought, you know, when I graduate, uh, and my my old all of, the, of my my siblings got college degrees, but my two older brothers already had graduated from college. And the one in the middle that was playing football, he wanted to come back and farm and ranch. And, I, you know, there wasn't room for both of us. So I got in my car spring break of my senior year of vet school and drove to Texas. And I said, you know, I want to go somewhere that is close to the Metroplex where you can go do anything you want, but still rural and mm-hmm. a whole lot warmer in the winter <laughs> than it was in Kansas. I don't mind oh. the heat, but I hated the winter. I stopped in Denton. I went uh, on down to uh, Austin, to San Antonio, over to College Station, where I knew I'd, I'd take my state boards back through the rose capital of the state, mm. Tyler. Went back up, finished my last six weeks of vet school, turned around and drove to Denton. And uh, went in with another guy, started uh, veterinary medicine. And uh, so in 1983, in April and May of 1983, I came to North Texas. Okay. So, but... You know, what, uh, how did I grow up and uh, how did I uh, become uh, an elected official? Yeah, well, at what point do you think, 
I've had enough of being beaten down as a farmer. I'd like to take an even bigger beating. Yeah, or and a veterinarian. <laughs> or, and a veterinarian, yeah. yeah. Those, the, our veterinarian right up the road, Andy uh, Waller, he, he almost got killed about a year ago. He got yeah. pinned between a, a yeah. mad bull and a, and a pipe fence. And It, it, it can happen. Ooh, I've had my tibia fibula fractured and my ACL torn with a horse. I've yeah. had my collarbone fractured. I've had multiple broken ribs. All of those are usually large animal. And then you get the, the bites like the cat bite and scratch I got right here <laughs> yeah. the other day from a cat. But uh, why did it, what, when did I decide I want to do this? Well, you know, I've been blessed. Uh, you know, if I wanted to be rich, uh, I'd probably been a regular medical doctor like Brad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't let it. Because they make started. a lot of money. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or an orthodontist or an orthopedist, but not necessarily a veterinarian. But you can make a decent living if you want to work hard. Um, but we... We basically lived here in North Texas, worked here, and raised our family here. And today, actually, is our grandson's first birthday, and we took him oh, to nice. the Dallas Star Breedham today. And he's just—we're blessed. We got another one on the way. This is your first grandchild. First right? grandchild. Well, congratulations yeah. on becoming yeah. a grandfather. Yeah, we, we didn't think it was ever going to happen because Evan and Courtney have been married eight and a half years, and and we're like, Lori said the other day, you know, or before he was born. We're going to have a walker before these kids show up with, with other kids. But we've been blessed, and now we got another one on the way. So, oh, nice. And another daughter that just got married. But uh, I would love veterinary medicine. Uh, felt really good about the fact that when I got here, all I had was a folder about that thick of student loans. My wife had a uh, seven-year-old Pinto with no air conditioning and $2,000 in the bank. And she says, I married her for her money. And, and that's about right. I mean, but, she drove a Pinto. Yep, that, was a, that was a bank repo Pinto. It actually had a knife under the seat, driver's seat. And we got it in about an inch of uh, nicotine on the inside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are great cars, though. <laughs> they don't give up. Now they're yeah. collector's items. Yeah. So, yeah. They, I like the ones with the, the, the license tag that said kaboom, you yeah. know, because they had the, the tank right by tank, the, yep. You hit them, they blow, they blow up. But uh, anyway, we, we were blessed to be here. She uh, got her degree. She actually had cancer and had to pass, uh, drop out of school, had Hodgkin's lymphoma, had a tumor the size of a grapefruit wrapped around her aorta, and another one the size of a tennis ball on her pleural surface. So she had those taken off, went through a bunch of radiation, went back to, uh, vet, to Kansas State and finished her degree, and then came down, and uh, we got married shortly thereafter. And she went to work for Denton Independent School District as a science teacher and a coach, and uh, I was a veterinarian. But a great career. Uh, Brad, how, how mm-hmm. long have you been practicing human About medicine? 15 years. About 15 years? Yeah. Okay, I've been doing on o- over 40 on, wow. on four wow. le- four-legged humans. Uh, but I, I would trust you on me. <laughs> I trust you on me. I hear, hear you got a great reputation. You're probably, uh, humans are probably easier subjects than animals because you can't tell an animal yeah. everything's going to be okay. I mean, outside of like pediatrics and, and, and special needs medicine, yeah. people can generally tell you what's wrong with them. Yeah. And, I, and a lot of times they're, they're actually correct. Yeah. And, but, yeah. A lot, but on a lot of occasions they lie to you too. So yeah, that's true. Our, our, my patients don't lie to me. So I don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. that. But anyway, we had a, a great career. Uh, when I sold the veterinary practice, I still owned the building, but sold the practice. We had 9,000 active clients. There were four veterinarians, three others and myself, mm-hmm. and, and I owned it, and we sold it to a corporation. And the reason I did is I loved what, what I did, but as we grew and Lori and I became you know, the sole owners, uh, it, it was always on us. We had 40 to 60 animals in the clinic on a holiday. Yeah. And if you did, your staff didn't show up, guess who was? Walking the dogs and doing the treatment. We were all the time. 
And it was, we had great staff, but you, they're humans are humans, and they it's seem to a, get sick a lot more often when it's a holiday or a weekend. <laughs> yeah, funny yeah. how that works. <laughs> but Long weekend. I just didn't want to burn out and you know, be one of those uh, grumpy old veterinarians. And um, <clears throat> our, uh, our state rep uh, had decided to retire. And, you know, when I looked at representative, the word, it means hopefully that you can communicate with your constituents, that uh-huh. you know the people. I'm thinking, you know, I've been school board president five years, on the executive board for 15, chamber uh, commerce executive board for many years, mm-hmm. president of Denton County Veterinary Medical Association, started Denton Young Life. Uh, now I've been on, I've been the, I'm the uh, chief executive officer of the Canicook Institute in Branson, Missouri, which is a master's program for biblically based program for college graduates who want to get a master's in MBA or theology or whatever. Okay. And on and on and on. So we've done a lot of these things and give back, been, uh, you know, going to Denton Bible and, and member since 1987 and on and on and on. So I, I basically saying, you know, I gave back to the community. Yeah. And I can uh, represent because those people can approach me, uh, you know, I, as a veterinarian, just like you as a medical doctor, you don't just meet with Republicans or Democrats. You're or right. extending hands across the aisles. It, 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 you know, your personal life is different. You love animals and you want them taken care of, and I take care of that for you. So I get I, rich and poor. It didn't matter. I, there were times that it was the, uh, you know, the guy who brought the dogs in, son's girlfriend doing the interpretation because he couldn't speak any English, but he loved his animal. So, you know, I, I developed bonds with people. And I thought, you know what, representative, I think I can be a representative because mm-hmm. uh, I have given back and given back and given back. Uh-huh. And uh, thus, those people know me. And you're, you're approachable. You're not afraid to uh, talk to the public. You, I'm not afraid to talk to the public, but, you know, I will... Uh, I will do it in a manner that you show respect. Sure. And if there's an opinion that they have, I'm willing to listen. Mm-hmm. But if it's something I don't agree with, I'm willing to also say we're going to have to agree to disagree. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of what you have to do to be a representative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, if you follow social media, you see we get plastered all the time. We talked about it earlier. Uh, that's just part of it. I knew that would happen yeah, when the, I signed up. The era of social media has got to be – Tenfold brutal. Oh, it's uh, of how so strange. Being a, a elected official used to yeah. be because it's you're it's getting it's getting slung at you from every direction. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not just that. It's like the era of social media also paired with the area era of no non canned media. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like okay, where do you guys get your news from? Yeah. Well, you don't get it from the TV. <laughs> I got it from TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? So this is a strange era. And, and, it, and it is scary because, you know, there's a lot of really good, hardworking people, no different than, than I was or Lori and I were and you guys yeah. were, where we don't have time to study and find out what's really truth and what's right. a lie. Yeah, that, that's that's not a burden one should really have to bear. What's twisted and what's not twisted. Yeah. And let's take, you know, the the uh, billboard indicator where it says, Lynn Stuckey and 60 Democrats impeach Ken Paxton. I mean, if you know anything about being a representative, you know that's not even possible because that's not true. Where is that billboard? I guess it's part it was, of being a millennial. I don't pay attention to billboards. I think it was on 287. I don't know if it's still there. It was there for months. Oh, um, wow, uh, that's crazy. Uh, but And, you know, the other day we were yeah. we were block walking in Decatur, and 
I was on one side of the street, and Lori was on the other, and Lori walks up and opens, says, hey, I'm Lynn, Lori Stuckey, Lynn Stuckey's up. Do you, can I you know, talk to you about my husband? He goes, no, I don't need to know anything. What I saw on the billboards, all I need to know. Jeez. Slam, yeah. Slammed the door in her face. But that's, that's what's hard is that if they really knew the truth and they knew when they start voting that they're going to be voting the exact opposite of what they really intended to do, mm-hmm. it would be different. But uh, people are busy. And where do you get your where do you get your information from? I mean, that's yeah. valid. That's I mean, luckily, uh, we know a lot of people, so we talk to a lot of people. Yeah, but but that's maybe our only saving like, grace. You have to take everything with a grain of salt these days because you don't really know what is terribly yeah. accurate and, and inaccurate. Even from the time I first ran in 2016 till now, you know that even the readership now the Messenger is a great uh, news mm-hmm. me and people mm-hmm. still. I'm glad to see that in Decatur. They look at that. But the Denton Record Chronicle, it, it was probably 55% of the people mm-hmm. read that thing one way or the other when I started. Now it's down to like 9%. This yeah. is this is becoming the, the like the era of this is where you get like Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson. I don't know. You, Honestly, I have to say that's where I get my news is podcast. Long format, open forum to where yeah. you have your guest on, your visitor. They can explain what they did, why they did it, why they're thinking, and then that's that's it. There's nothing else to parse through. You have the information from the horse's mouth, and they don't have a five-minute right. news segment to where they're like, okay, Bill, you got to answer this question, and you have 30 seconds to answer it. Hey, thanks for being here, and goodbye. Yep. So, yeah, that that uh, is on the way out, and, right. and the podcast open forum, long forum, is, is, is what you would go to to really get good, accurate info. So I was just looking, I'm just making a, uh, and I know we just redistricted when I got Wise County, not this year, but a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. But I had one guy one time tell me, he goes, you know, I don't like her current state rep. That was before I was elected because she didn't give me enough time. Mm-hmm. And I said, Richard, do you know that with at the time we had 225,000 in my district? Let's divide that by 365 days. That's 616.4 people he, she would need to talk to every day if she wanted to talk to you once. Mm-hmm. Not possible. Uh, and it's, uh, so that'd be 25 per hour. <laughs> so you got about a minute. Totally doable. I mean, yeah. maybe, oh, maybe, I mean if yeah. you didn't sleep at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, the, but again, the point is people need to get their information. When, if they want to call our office and ask, myself or my team is going to answer every one of them. Uh, the the hard part is when you have, uh, just like you're talking about on social media, somebody mm-hmm. you know plastering this stuff out there that's non-truthful. Many times, if they're smart, and a lot of them have done this a long time, they make it so complicated that you can't answer it in you know 17 seconds. No, because yeah. typically we have 17 seconds before people's eyes glaze over, and they don't want to hear anything else because they want an answer in 17 seconds. Yeah, some of them are 17 minute answers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So and you can't condense a 17 minute answer into 17 no. seconds and be relatable or come across as uh, accurate. Mm-hmm. You're, I don't so, know how that's humanly possible. Yeah. So the twisted truth or the twisted lies, you sometimes you just have to say they're they're just it's just flat, flat out a lie, and mm-hmm. it is, uh-huh. you know, because you you uh, explain how they got to their lie takes a long time. Right. But again, uh, you know, why would I want to do this? Well, you know, I was blessed. We were blessed to come to. North Texas, and to make a, 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 you know, basically raise our kids, make a living, and and uh, 
live in the greatest place in America. Okay, great. So you have, at this point, you've moved to Texas, Denton specifically? Um, I started in Denton in an apartment, and in 1987, we bought 10 acres between Denton and Sanger in the unincorporated rural area. Okay. And we built a home out there, and we used to be out in the country. I was going to say, that yeah. place is blowing it's up now. Not the country. <laughs> now we're yeah. pretty well surrounded by homes yeah. everywhere, It's but we still have at least a 10-acre. Well, we have... At least a little piece of property next to us. So we have about a, almost a 20-acre buffer from anybody else. Okay. Um, so at what what year did you officially decide, I want to run for uh, state representative? 2016. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, my wife and I were actually at church in one day, and I said, you know what? On the way home, I said, I think well, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to run for state representative. And she's like, what? <laughs> Other than being a man of the public and giving back and, and having that nature, was there anything else that compelled you to say, I would, I would, I'm a glutton for punishment. Let's do this. You know, the fact that I wanted our kids and grandkids to have the same opportunities I had to come to mm-hmm. this area. And if they want to work hard, make a great living, have a great place to live in a great ra- place to raise their kids. Yeah. I want, I didn't want Texas to change. You uh, you want to enable leadership that enables people to succeed right. and to have that opportunity. I wanted uh, conservative, biblically-based uh, legislation that allowed us to work hard and not be a socialist where everybody gets, you know, we're going we're gonna to split it all up, and every 24 hours, we're going to split it up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you all get the same no matter what you do. Then nobody has a work ethic. Nobody wants exactly. to work. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to work hard, you can make a decent living, but you got to do it in an honest and fair way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that what you want, Brad? That's exactly what I want. How, how do you, like, encapsulate your people, you know, and what their beliefs are or what they feel like you should represent you know uh it's it's an opportunity that during uh, we have the session and then have you you have between the sessions now how was how did our forefathers decide to do the legislature in the state of texas well i think it was 1846 the legislature Mm -hmm. was formed in 1847 was the first legislation but it was to be a citizen representation basically i work in the community uh, I work in the community. Is Siri. that you? That's, that's not me. Yeah. That's not Siri. That's Siri's <laughs> supposed smart watch. Yeah. I don't know if they're smart. But, you know, uh, typically it was citizenship re- re- uh, representation where I work amongst the people. I go down, and the way it was designed is that on the odd years, on the second Tuesday of January, you would meet in the Texas Capitol, mm-hmm. and you would go for 140 days straight, and then you would be done for two years. And you would come back and, and you do it again uh, in the next odd year. Now, this year was not one of those. We just uh, <clears throat> finished our last, our fourth special session on Tuesday. This is a big deal, isn't it? And we're still probably going to be brought back. Uh, hopefully, he, uh, but, you know, during the regular session, we get to pick the legislation we want. And that's where when you guys or the people of Wise County and Denton County have things that they want and need, mm-hmm. they come to me. Mm-hmm. We talk about them. And then we, we develop laws. Let's take uh, Athena Strand, the terrible thing that happened to her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right here close to Paradise. Right. Yeah. At, this was almost uh, maybe right at a year ago now, right? It, it was, was just over a year ago. It was last November. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
Her mother was extremely distraught the fact that the Amber Alert could not be used because of certain regulations that were required. Because it wasn't twenty. Was it twenty four hours? Yes. Is yes. the stipulation right. your kid has to be missing? Which blows my I mind. I remember hearing about this. Yes. Because yeah. It's like the first twenty four hours is the most important. Important. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and so she came down and you know. I, that she's an amazing woman to be able to sit there. She brought a, a lawyer from Fort Worth with mm-hmm. her, and we spent hundreds of hours talking with her. Mm-hmm. To, and just to think that this is somebody who had just lost her baby yeah. within a year in a very cruel way where the guy was actually delivering this girl's Christmas gift mm-hmm. and abducts her and kills her. Yeah, it was, it's nightmarish. I mean, it's just pure, pure evil. Pure yeah. evil. The I- irony and I is guess, what grabs you. Yeah, and he's up Good for uh, his trial still coming up. But uh, we spent you know hours upon hours working with her, and we developed Athena's law. And this new law allows the the uh, whether it's in the sh- in the county, the sheriff, or if it's in the city, the chief of police to make the decision to call the Athena alert. And the Athena alert goes out within a hundred miles. It can go out immediately if they say yes. Depending on the circumstances, mm-hmm. I just yeah. heard. I think we should send it out. It could it could happen within five minutes after the abduction, mm-hmm. and within and it would be within a hundred miles from the abduction. Uh, other than uh, I guess a, a, a an alert via networks, television, radio, whatever, does that enable any other resources too? I mean, more law enforcement. Everybody is notified, just like yeah. they would be on an Amber Alert okay. within a hundred miles. Okay, that this is going on. But that was an example of uh, representation, where you have somebody mm-hmm. within uh, our district sixty four that was in need that needed help. You know, a couple. Uh, but again, uh, during the regular session, we get to pick what we're going to talk about. During the special session, the only one who gets to, to decide what we're going to deal with is the governor. Okay, and he can be very specific about what he wants to talk about. Like this last time was only educational uh, related, so we can't file anything that we want other than if it has to do with specific educational interesting uh, things that he'd ask. Now I've been on appropriations six years and we've appropriated $4.5 billion that we have still have not given to public schools. And I'm hoping that we get to do that, but he's holding that with some, what he calls school choice. And Mm so I'm going to play the cards that I was dealt. That is let's get the public education money for good public schools that Mm -hmm. need it like Decatur and, uh, and most of the schools in my district. Mm-hmm. And if we have to give up a little bit, as long as we are at the table and not on the menu, we can control where that money goes, especially if we're going to give most of it to socioeconomic disadvantaged kids and disabled kids. And that's the way that was planned, but it never went through. And so he'll probably call us back in January. But going back to, uh, you know, we it, it, citizenship representation, mm-hmm. The representative is supposed to be down there just 140 days every two years, go home and work amongst everybody again. And if I did something crazy that affects Brad, now he's got 14 employees to take care of the scheduled drugs that he he deals with because they got so much reporting, he's going to come talk to me. When you say 140 days, let me interrupt you. Sorry. When you say 140 days, does that mean you are there in Austin consecutively 142 days, 140 days back to back? What it... And there are rules that we have to abide by. Okay. Uh, and, of course, uh, on the House side, there's 150. <laughs> there's 100. 
I'm glad we got serious. She's, as a fan. We, I know. Like she's like, <laughs> they're defining. She's defining things. We're, we're up to 23 now. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. We got Siri. It's probably China. I'm sorry. What was your question? Again? <laughs> uh, are you there consecutively 140 oh. days back to back? No. I mean, there are, uh, there are rules like we, the first 60 days you can't, uh, can't pass a bill, you know, you know out of the house, et cetera. So the beginning of, from January 12th of this last year till mm-hmm. about March 12th, you're spending more time working on that legislation, building relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 150 in the house until we uh, had to get rid of Brian Slayton for some really bad things he did. Now there's only 149. There's 31 in the Senate, and then there's a governor. When we, you know, the, our forefathers designed this to make it difficult to pass legislation. Yeah, because you'd have a government run amok. Yes, so. and we'd have way too many, too many rules and right. too much going on. And very easy to kill stuff. I can kill somebody's legislation all day long in so many different ways, from getting up and talking at the mic to putting an amendment on that looks good but you know, poisons the bill. And that to, regarded as filibustering? There's lots of, yeah, okay. that's one of the ways. There's lots of things you can do to kill bills. Okay. So if you want to be an effective legislator, and I've been blessed in the four sessions I've been there, three of the four I've had the highest passage rate of anybody in the House. But that doesn't wow. mean that doesn't mean I sit there and kiss up to the Democrats. But it means I I respect everybody's opinion. It is an important figure yeah. having the passage rate because that means, like you said, it's it's not that you're there kissing up, but you're you're actually negotiating. You're getting along, right? And this is this is what we commonly refer to as making sausage because there are so many ways to make sausage. Sure. And what is our bottom line if we want to if we want Texas to continue to be red and to stay conservative? It's moving the ball in the right direction. Okay, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you get everything you want. In fact, it, my recommendation for anybody who wants to be a representative, a senator, or the governor is you you spend a lot of time on different boards first mm-hmm. because you find out you don't always get your way. Yeah, yeah. But you pass something out, you come back together, and you continue to work on that. And just like in, in Austin, if we're moving the ball in the right way, and on pro-life issues, we almost eliminated abortion in the state of Texas by moving the ball incrementally. There's still some things we could do, but there's some things that we discuss because we want everybody to be involved in that. On Second Amendment rights, we have the strongest Second Amendment rights in the nation. No doubt. Are there some more things we could do? Yeah. I mean, there are some things we could do, but we— have done a lot. In fact, in the this is the last, last session is the 88th legislative session. The one before, obviously, the 87th. Historically, based on federal guidelines and federal standards, we have had the two most conservative sessions ever, ever mm-hmm. since 1847. That so that's interesting because we live in a we live in the perception that Texas is just getting bluer and bluer, right? And, and purple, purple. Yeah. It depends yeah. on which news agency you, but, you listen to. But I think there's some call and response to kind of what's happening nationally that's pushing the people of Texas to, to be more conservative. But, but, you know, unfortunately, there is some truth to the fact that we're getting bluer because, mm. uh, you know, we have 
around 1,450 people a day moving to the state of Texas. I was going to say, let's be safe and let me say it. Yeah. Too many Californians are <laughs> moving <laughs> Well, and here's my take, here's my take people, on that. Wow. I, was, I was out seeing a, a Californian the other day with a 7,200-square-foot house on 20 acres. Mm. And he built this beautiful horse barn, and I went and saw his dogs and his horses and was talking about it. And he was just tickled pink to be here because he hated California. Oh, yeah. And what happened to it? Uh, and he's very red. Um, and he took his 1,400, 1,500-square-foot house in San Diego, and he built this place and had money left over. Right. So those that want to come here because they want to change their life, uh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Where we run into issues is when you have uh, Tesla move here or you have Hewlett-Packard or Toyota or any of those, and they say you can keep your job that you had in California if you go to Texas. And now they've been transferred. And those people many times bring their California uh, politics with them. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's scary is that we have that happening. And in every area that grow, that is growing rapidly, we see the movement to more blue. Unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, Wise County is growing, and uh, we hope it's controlled growth and good people. Right. We hope. But just like Denton, it when I got there in 1983, there was only about 140,000 people. Now there's yeah. over a million. <laughs> they call it Little Austin yep. for a reason. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay? Because uh, you have more and more of those that uh, you know are socialists. I'm glad you sure. broached that, though, uh, Stucky, because – We've talked about the Californians coming in on our own, you know, our own personal time. And it's like most of them are good, uh, blue collar, like running just your everyday guy that wants to vote, wants to take care of his family, be enabled for success. But then inevitably, once all those people there that have, you know, brought California into a state of prosperity, once they're gone and then all the people that have depended on that. They, they're going to follow the money, which is what you just stated with Tesla, with these big corporations moving in. Those people have already followed them to stay afloat with the job, but right. they're not going to vote in the way that we would hope they would vote. No, they're not. And you know, some of them are union members and blah, blah, blah. And which they, is ironic because they're not working for a government. They're working for right. a private entity. Exactly. And, but they would, they would vote night and day, all day, every day, that Oh, we we want more government control over this. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know, it's, just, uh, per, it's perplexing. And, yeah, and, it is perplexing, and it's scary. And we don't want to. If if Texas goes blue, we'll never have another uh, Republican de- uh, president ever. Think it, so? It, I'm, I'm, it's a bold claim. I'm mm. telling you, we won't. You don't. Te- you we don't have subscribe to, to the, the the pendulum thing, or I do subscribe to the pendulum to some degree. Yeah. But once we hit blue. And our uh, well, and the only thing that would help that would be if we got another Joe Biden like that killed our economy, <laughs> and then and then can we, can we the handle pe- that? The pendulum would swing a lot harder back the other way after sure. that yeah. happened. But uh, I really don't think. I think you know we're one of the last strongholds. Yeah. Period. You don't think the last three years have been extreme enough to cause that pendulum swing? Uh, you mean in the presidential election coming up? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, but you know we're one of the rare states that's, that has, the Senate controls by mm-hmm. the Republican, the House is controlled by Republican, and we have a Republican governor. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're one of the rarities. Okay. But uh, you know, again, you know, on my, on passing bills, you got to have at least seventy five, seventy six people that are going to vote for your bill. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you've got to get it through the Senate, and you got to get it to the governor's uh, desk. And he either has to let it lay there and go into law or sign it, or he vetoes it. Now, I had four bills 
that specifically came from people in Wise County that wanted something done. Okay. Another, uh, Athena's Law. Five of, five of them, okay. actually. Athena's Law, Lost Battalion Highway. The, oh. uh, the Lost Battalion Highway, one of the biggest groups of the, in the Lost Battalion came from uh, Wise mm-hmm. and Parker County. Yeah. Um, and Jack County. Uh, and uh, we have, we're going to have that designated, and we're going to have a big grand opening, hopefully in January. That's uh, nice. On, on Highway 380, is, and they, it's going to have big signs and everything. There was a lot of data, and history just lost. Uh, went literally went up in flames. Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. The Wise Historical Museum it, going. If, if you guys had come to the to uh, the committee hearing on that, it would it was very emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting that right before we had that committee hearing, I had uh, I called Kevin Burns and said, "Hey, could you give me some more information on that?" and he said, I'm going to go over to the Historic Museum and uh, Heritage Museum and get that. And he did. And that thing, unfortunately, burned like within two weeks of that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And Kevin, you know, called me and he said, man, I, I mean, you know, we were all devastated. And he's like, my dad's dog tags mm. were in there. And I said, well, mm-hmm. maybe we can sift through the, you know, the ashes and find it. And he goes, Stucky, they were made out of wood. Yep. <laughs> um, Wow. So, but, yeah, there was a lot of stuff in there. My mom, a week before it burnt down, uh, took a one of her old family books that's been in the family for, like, generations, a week before it burnt down. I mean, there's, She took it out of it? Took, well, she, no, she took it up there and, oh, gave, it, and gave it, donated it to Oh, them. wow. Yeah, wow. but it, that was I crazy. I just know a lot of people were devastated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one was the Stagecoach Capital Bridgeport. You know, they they say they're Stagecoach Capital. Mm-hmm. We made it official. Okay. Uh, and, they, and they maintained that for 10 years. We helped Wise County Hospital make its next phase possible. They, you know, they're just mm-hmm. had a sale, and uh, what hopefully comes with uh, being owned by uh, Texas Med- or Medical, Medical City, City. Medical City is uh, the more uh, diagnostics and things they can do here. Yeah. Um, and another one uh, that came straight from our county judge was uh, the hotel actually tax bill that. You know, hotel occupancy tax? Okay. Hotel occupancy tax bill. We don't want to raise our taxes on anybody here in Wise County, right? Right. So oh, we have no to, doubt. We have to spend money to maintain the courthouse. Mm-hmm. If we want our parks to be taken care of, those that costs money. If we want to upgrade our fairgrounds, that takes money. Mm-hmm. Well, we passed the bill that will allow $2 for every 100 if the county commissioners and judge want to do it. That somebody's staying here in the hotel, two dollars for every hundred, they're going to pay two dollar fee, up to two dollars. They can say two cents or two dollars, sure. and that will go toward that fund, and it will maintain uh, the the courthouse. It will help improve our uh, fairgrounds, and it will help our parks. And that's a way of doing it without it taxing us. Is right? there not yeah. a is yeah. there not a state occupancy tax for hotels, or is that? Is... Um, yeah, I think there is too, but okay. this is a different one. And almost most places that are growing, they've got a local one. They have the option of that local one. Okay. And I'm sure that uh, the judge and the commissioners will use discrepancy on how they use it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We don't want to ever have to spend whatever it is, $17 million on the courthouse to get it back to where it is. We want to keep maintaining it more frequently. Sure. There's been a lot of things they want to do with the fairgrounds that we can now do. And, and it's no longer operated by the sheriff's posse. It's now Wise County Fairgrounds, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And the parks too. So okay. all of that. And but those are that's five different bills that came specifically from residents here that said we need this. Mm. And, uh, and you got it done. We we were, um, 
I don't, I'm not bragging. You haven't I'm boasted. Saying, I mean, you haven't boasted about it. it. I don't see you on social media going, Hey, we got this bill done and this is why you should reelect me. I mean, you're, right. you're pretty damn humble. No, <laughs> you're a lot well, more the, humble than I could be as uh, as an elected official. Those are some of the local things. That's the yeah. truth. And not, uh, uh, the big things like the $18 billion, the biggest tax refund that has ever happened, no matter who tells you differently, it is the biggest tax refund ever okay. in history. I hope if you got when you got your tax bill on your house that you saw a reduction of some kind. So that's how the refund is applied through uh, property tax. Well, you guys paid it in, and okay. I paid it in, and you know what? We want eighteen. There, we have spending caps. We had a thirty-three billion dollar surplus. We couldn't spend all of it because we have spending caps that we have. The most we could spend was eight, a little over eighteen billion. We've given given eighteen billion back, and we did something else. What is going to be the number one concern in Wise County in the next few years? Water. Ooh, true. Yeah. yeah. Water is is going to be a huge issue. Mm-hmm. If Brad's going to have more clients, and you're going to have more people eating your beef, and uh, you're working for the city, right? I do. Yes. Sir. And, and and we're going to have growth in the city. Uh, you know, we're going to probably have more people, but. Uh, it's already here. <laughs> you know, yeah. we know it is. And, and when they said the census and said there were 68,000 people in Wise County, mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I think there were more than that. Yep. No, oh, by the way, in order to keep the hospital to get, continue to get federal funding, they had to stay under the rural, the rural county bill. Mm-hmm. Rural county. I, I upped the, the, the population so that Wise County would still stay within that and they okay. would still get the federal funding, which is not easy to do. No, no small deal whenever it comes to financing that hospital. Yes. Um, and we hope, we hope that all is good. You know, yeah. you know corporations are corporations. We'll see. Sure. But, yep. but uh, sure. Medical Cities has a good reputation. Back to the $18 billion refund. So that's not coming as in a check form, right? That's, that, how's that being applied? The, what, what our objective is, is to get, to, you know, we only have a two-legged stool in the state of Texas, unlike most states have a three-legged. A three-legged is consumption tax, property tax, and a state income, income. tax. Mm-hmm. Two sessions ago, we made dead gum sure you'll never have a state income tax. Another reason you have the flood of people coming to the state of Texas, mm-hmm. why we have over 30 million here now. So we only have a two-legged stool. So we have to be careful in how we use that. The consumption tax, as we grow, hopefully it continues to go up, and mm-hmm. it did. You know, this, that's why we had the, the, the most, so much surplus. But so has the value of property and the number of homes. And uh, we have property tax and consumption tax. Now, how, how, where did that come from? We're, when I first got on the school board in 1997, only about 35% of the, the school maintenance and operation was being paid for by us property tax owner. Uh, when I got into the legislature, over 50% was from, coming from the property tax owner is reaching close to 60. Mm-hmm. Our objective is to knock that maintenance and operation all the way back down and get rid of it completely and not be on the property tax, the backs of the property tax, mm-hmm. property tax payers, but the state to be paying that. Okay. So where is this money coming from? Well, in this surplus, we're taking 18.7 or 18.3 billion dollars uh, and paying down, compressing the amount you're paying in maintenance and operation of your schools. Okay. And our objective, if we can keep the Texas uh, miracle continuing, and the Texas miracle is all these jobs and growth, 
We'll continue to reduce the amount of maintenance and operation that we're paying in property tax and continue to lower what your property tax bills are and make it better for people to live here. Okay. That's, uh, that is probably the hardest pill to swallow for most Texans is the damn property tax. Yes. And I personally would be an advocate for foregoing property tax and having a state income tax because at least you're being taxed on what you make, not what somebody is saying you're your estate's valued at. And, yeah. You know, I mean, who knows what, what if you have a bad year and you know, you haven't uh, you've, you've been out of work for eight months or nine months and you can't make your mortgage. Therefore you can't make your, uh, I mean, there's a lot of variables for sure, but yeah, there's, <laughs> has that ever been broached? Uh, 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 um, well, no, we're not going to have a state income tax. Okay. Um, it's, it's gone, but the bottom line is, um, you know, and there's been discussion about increasing the consumption tax. Okay. We can't increase the consumption tax above uh, most of the other big states or nobody's going to buy anything in the state of Texas. Sure. So yeah. we could go up maybe 1%, 1% uh, but that would be a constitutional proposition or amendment that the people would have to actually uh, vote on. Yeah. No different than those tw- 14 that you had November the 7th, including the, the water fund, uh, the COLA mm-hmm. for teachers. When I got in in the legislation legislature, the the Texas re, the teacher retirement system was on the verge of bankruptcy. There was no way that we could give them a cost of living adjustment. There was no way we could give them anything. Well, slowly we worked it to where okay, we can't give a cost of living adjustment until we get it actuarially sound, but we can give them a thirteenth check. So we did that the last three sessions. That's helpful. And this uh-huh. time, we got it actuarially sound, and we gave them a cost of living adjustment, which they deserve. Absolutely. They haven't had it for a long, long time. Yeah. But those constitutional amendments, that would be something that would, would have to be voted on. But let, let's go back on that. On that, uh, how many? Do you guys know how many Republicans we have in the House? Not a clue. I, I know okay. they're the majority, I'm, and, surely. I well, would <laughs> take a guess like, I don't know, 104? No. My guess is not enough. <laughs> yeah. Very, you're, a, you're a good politician. We, I would love to have 104. Yeah. Because you know what? Even though our forefathers wouldn't necessarily like this, if we had 104, we could say, talk to the hand to the and other side. And pass whatever you want. And pass whatever you want. There yeah. are a lot of bills, like these constitutional uh, propositions, that require at least 100 votes. Okay. 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 So. We only have 83 uh, Republicans. So you've got to So what does that work. work out? That's that's a little better than half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we had more, but we are, we're losing some. One of them we had to get rid of because of his actions with getting his 19-year-old uh, <laughs> intern drunk, uh, having sex with her multiple times, and then taking her for the morning after pill the next day. Mm. And, wow, uh, that news is going mean, to get out. You would, you would yeah, think that that happens. Well, get I mean, out. He he was just thinking of all of us. We <laughs> we would have to pay taxes on that kid. So I mean, that's all he was doing. <laughs> but that's you know okay. So so that's a crooked person, right? Yeah, that right. doesn't generally happen. That doesn't generally happen, right? And but they're there. They those are the cases we hear about. What what I what I would say uh, to you guys is there are. There are a lot of good people in the legislature mm-hmm. that really are there trying to do the right thing, and it, it it's frustrating watching how people perceive stuff when they don't even when they really don't know what's true. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of them there that really care about their constituents. 
they're there for that reason only. Uh, many of them are not career politicians. I was a career veterinarian, okay? Mm-hmm. I came to Texas. I was scared to death. I couldn't pay my light bill or my property tax. Mm-hmm. So I know how people feel about that, okay? Uh, yeah, you are a homeowner, so you, you feel that pain too. I feel that yeah. pain too. But but the bottom line is most of them there are represent, representatives, and I was what I'd call representatives, but there's a few of them that I'd call politicians that are there for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's what you hear a lot of that about. And many of those are funded uh, not by lots of, of small donations or individuals, but they, they, even though it looks like they're being funded by lots of small ones, their funds are all coming from one big group, kind of like yeah. uh, the Billionaire Boys Club, where they'll, they'll fund 90-plus percent of those people's— So you're talking about big business, can we, can we political say names? action, can we, can we committees— say- I'm sorry. Can we say names that we uh, we uh, talked about where these these big pack funds are coming from? Well, I'm, it's your podcast, not mine. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to names like Tim Dunn and Ferris Wilkes, uh, West Texas. Yeah, who are those boys? dudes? Those are big oil guys out in West Texas. Those are two billionaires that will uh, pump a hundred million every primary into the to the primaries <laughs> in <laughs> Texas, and and some of that money going to Trump and to. Uh, Cruz and others. I gotcha. Uh, and that, what they expect is when I, when the, if they gave me money, when they have their phone, they pick it up. That I answer. Say, yes, sir. What can I do for you, sir? Uh-huh. Mm. Well, sorry, I'm not. I'm not in on that. Yeah, I've never great. taken a dime from them, and I and I won't. Well, then you're. If once that happens, you you're not a true representative of your your counties and your constituents. Look at the ones who are funded by that group, and look and ask in their in their districts. What have you got done in your district? So let's. Let's do that. Let's go down that rabbit trail. How do you find where their funding goes to, or who the who or the funding goes to? Can you find that? Yeah. Well, you can go. There's there's a website, and you can look at the donations that were given to them. Okay. You can look at my donations. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, like I said, I think I told you earlier, one of my opponents uh, went on fa- on Facebook, you know, rat, rat, ratting about me taking a thousand dollars from the president of uh, UNT. Because they said he said he's a Democrat. You know what? I wouldn't be here today with you guys if it wasn't for higher education. Sure. I want every kid that wants to go to college to have that opportunity to do that and to get a degree that will do three things. Provide money for their family, have a job that they want to get up and go to, mm-hmm. and be able to have a decent living and raise their family uh, on that income. And so... That's what I've had the opportunity to do, and that's what I want everybody to have the opportunity to do. Now, you, we're all here these these deals. College is a waste of your time. You shouldn't. You know what? For some people, it is. Mm. And for others, what I would say is this. If you let your kid get a degree that he can't get a job, shame on you. It's not just the advisors they had in junior high and high school and college, but you, mom and dad, sh- or should be the primary advisors to these kids. Sure on making sure they get a good, a good degree that they can use, that they love to go to work, mm-hmm. and that pays the bills. And if you're letting them get some degree that doesn't do that, shame on you. Sure, yeah. So, so there's a lot there. That's, and, a, tough, and, that's a tough— Yeah. That's, that, that's a tough road, though, because as a parent, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, we find the way I grew up, it was like, okay, my mom was a teacher and educator. My dad was a farmer. It's like, I had very it's like you just need to go to college. You just got to go to college. Okay, yeah, well, when yeah. I'm 19 or 18 or 19 or 20, it's like, what the hell do I do? What do I yeah. go for? I mean, your yeah. mind changes every damn day. 
So that's what we're finding. We know when we got a daughter, it's like, you know, we, yeah. we kind of want to show her things that we're interested in, you know, things that will take her to places and give her a little more focus on what right. you really might want to go yeah. to college to attain. You, but you can't just go to college and say, hey, I'm going to get a degree because yeah. you're going to fail. There's only there's only a few fools like me and maybe Brad that <laughs> yeah. said, I want to be a medical doctor. I want to be better than when you were little. But you're exactly right. You know, and our three kids, uh, we were blessed. They got good degrees. And But I still remember our oldest is our son, Evan, and he decided to go to Oklahoma State. We're in, we're in orientation as a fres, pres, uh, freshman with 400 other people there. And the guy in front goes, how many of you in this room know what you want to get a degree in? About a third hands went up. How many of you are not sure but have somewhat of an idea what you want to get a degree in? About a third of the hands up. Mm-hmm. How many of you in here have no idea what you want to get a degree in? About a third of the hands went up. Yeah. He said, you and the first group will be in the third group by the end of the first year. <laughs> <laughs> so they they need guidance like you're yes. doing, and they need to continue to watch. You know, We thought our, our youngest one, uh, she thought about being a veterinarian, and she said, Dad, you work too many hours. Then she wanted to be a nurse, she thought. So we sent her to go work with a client of mine who's a nurse, but she did mostly burn and... Uh, Man, that's the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, she goes, Dad, I'm tired of, w- of looking at people's hind ends and, you know, putting stuff on them. You know, it was a lot of, uh, of that kind of stuff. And she said, I don't want to do that. And, yeah. So yeah. They, they need to go to the job. They need to be able to look and see. No experience. different than coming to my vet clinic. And some of them, you know, the very first day, you do that. You stick your hand up a horse's roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do that. You just use a uh, laser to remove a declaw. Uh, uh, you you know you just you, you know you just removed an animal. I don't want to do that. Oh, I just got kicked in the chest by a thirteen hundred pound mad yeah. cow. And yeah. then you have some of them. You got to keep saying back up, back up. You're yeah. getting too close to the surgery table, and they're going to break the sterile plane. Yeah. And those you know are going to do it because they're they'll stick to it and they'll stay focused. But you, they got to find something that that they want to do and that they're gonna they're gonna want to do for a career. Well, let me ask this based on one of our previous guests uh, as an elected official. College is not an entitlement. It's not a right, right? I mean, it's like yes. you have right. to want to earn what college should provide for right. you. And his his reasoning is, you know, you have this a generation where it's like, we want free college. We it, Well, if it's free college, then it's just another source of public education. It's grade right. 13, 14, 15, and 16, essentially. Right. But his reasoning is, if everybody gets it, then it's there's no value to it in the end. The outcome is the same for everybody, and now you have no higher education. So how... How would you enable as an elected official for those that don't have um, financial means that really have a passion and a drive and want to go for higher education? How do you help those people out, but also say, this isn't, everybody's not getting this either. It's not free right. college for everybody, but if you, if you need assistance, if you need help, we're going to put pro, uh, you know, legislation in, in place that helps you to that. And, and we've done some of that. You know, I, w- I was vet, uh, blessed to be vice chair of higher ed. Uh, I was blessed to be vice chair of three different committees. I've never got to be chair yet, but I'm on a, when you're on appropriations, there's an unwritten rule that you shouldn't be a chair. But whenever I've been vice chair for county affairs, uh, uh, higher ed, et cetera, there's always been, like this last one when I was on county affairs, six Republicans, me and five other Republicans, and then the chair, who was a dam, and there are a few that still get that. The majority of them don't. But she had two others. So it was three Dems and six Republicans. Now, who really ran that committee? I did. Yeah. Okay. But uh, we're going back now. How does that relate to what you're asking about on on uh, financial assistance? The financial assistant. 
Um, a lot of the colleges, and way back when, the, the state controlled how much it cost per hour. And okay. then they released that, and there was a, I forget the name of the fund. There was a, there was a state fund you could put money in. I did it for our three kids. You could put, and it was peanuts. Mm-hmm. I think the first one for four years tuition and fees was $13,000 one payment. Wow. And then the next one was like 15 and 17. I had to pay on the income that I got because by the time they graduated, they, the gain, they made me pay taxes on the huh. gain. But when they took that away, the cost per hour went through the roof. And it's crazy. Um, it has started to come back down, and uh, there are a lot of uh, grants and, and loans available. In veterinary school, it was not cheap at all. I imagine not. And I, I did work my tail off during the summer and made it the first three years of college and my mom helping without debt. But from the fourth through the seventh, I had to, to borrow money. And it probably made me a better person mm-hmm. when I spent the next 12 years paying off a, a student loan at 7.5%, which I thought was a really great rate compared to the <laughs> the, the rate out there when we built our house was 13.5%. Oh, good so, Lord. Uh, but you know, if there's anything that's worth spending uh, or borrowing money on, it's your future. As long as you get a degree that you're going to love what you do and, and uh, make a decent living at it. But Again, it's not an entitlement, but anybody will qualify. If you don't have enough financial income like I did, you're going to qualify for the loans, and you're going to probably get a lot of grants. And, and you know, if you're doing well in school, in high school. If you have the drive, yeah. And you have the drive. You, you go pit one school against another, and you're going to get some scholarships, and it's well worth it, and you can do it. There's a lot of kids, though, that don't want to do that, but when they go out and work for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. They yep. decide. They realize, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Yeah. I will buckle down. And that's the best way. They, they shouldn't have gone right away because they would have probably had such a bad PPA, mm-hmm. they would have never got to go back to college. But college is not for everybody. Sure, no. I'm not saying it is. There's a lot of trade schools out there that they're making, I mean, these HVAC guys, these welders, they're making Six More. figures. Tradesmen, yeah. tradesmen are on the up and up because you yeah. know it's it's one of those things that got glossed over for the last thirty years, and yeah. it's like, oh, who do I have come to fix my stuff? Oh, these resources are kind of limited because everybody was told, hey, just go to college. Well, yeah. that's not the yeah. only reason I think they're in the up to up. It doesn't cost four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> to go to welding school. That's yeah. true. Yeah, right. and uh, you don't have to work twenty years to pay off your damn loans. I mean, yeah. that's where yeah, our education where shouldn't hard. shouldn't mean. Higher, it's 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 higher to go there, and yeah. at some point, yeah. and I don't know when it was, but at some point, it went from yeah, college sucks to pay for to mm-hmm. good luck paying for it. Yeah, and Here, that, you, that's uh, the problem because I don't I don't see how now I don't think it should be free, but I don't see how if you get it low enough to where more people are going to college, how can that be a bad thing? Oh, well, okay. That's tough. How, how can it be a bad thing if more people, even if they're getting degrees yeah. that necessarily not making them a million dollars a year? Okay. But, but if then you, if you have a guy that's working at a then garage. Everything needs a degree. If you're going to become a baker, you need a degree. If you need to, if you want to own a uh, childcare center. Why does it have to do that? You need a degree. Why? Because everybody would have it and you have no way yep. to, you have no way to parse through like what's worth a damn and what's not. No, I'm not talking about <laughs> or, everything in college needs to be cheap or free. But you telling me your first three years that y'all all just said nobody has a clue what the hell they're doing? Yeah. That first year of college can't get people in there to go, yeah, college is not for me. 
Yeah. Or just give them and a taste of college. Yeah. And then there was maybe time they figure out that. that they want to become a veterinarian or a doctor. It's like half of my class dropped out in the freshman year. Right. Yeah. And that's probably <laughs> but, a yeah. lot. Because of normal. partying, right. of course. Right. And yeah. that's probably normal. It, you know, but today they have a lot more dual credits. I mean, even mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. school, the college we got right here in, in yeah. between Ridgeport and Decatur. Weatherford. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Weatherford College. You, they can get dual credit, and, and they can have, just like our kids, they had enough to do almost two semesters of college mm-hmm. by the time they got out of high school, and it cost them very little, if anything. A lot of the schools are, are given that free. Right. But they're dual credit, and that helps to start with mm-hmm. big yeah. time. Yeah. And then it helps make sure that if they have a four-year degree, they should be able to get out within four or less. Right. Or they've got those basics behind them. Hey, they may want to go into the working world uh, you mm-hmm. know, and work for a year or so to figure mm-hmm. out you know, what environment they like to be in and then, ha- oh, then back to college. And then well, they've got those basics. When is it like Australia that you at the, that's their law? You have to go I to think, work first. I think you. I think you, you have to do go a, a year of college, <laughs> and then you have to go get a job for like two. Then you and throw then a shrimp come, on the bobby. Yeah, and then yes. <laughs> I don't. I, I, do, I don't know like if that. that's true, but but it sounds cool. No, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, but Australians don't have a Second Amendment, so yeah, screw them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but of I Second Amendment. Say, oh, hold, oh, on, go, go hold on, hold on. I wanted to say before we move off this subject. Um, you know, part, hold a lot of people say. I know, right? A lot of people say. School got expensive whenever it started getting subsidies, and when from the government, yeah, and then whenever uh, people could take out student loans, um, then the price of education went up. Yeah, and and one thing I do worry, and and I will be the first to say that I personally benefit from what Governor Abbott is going for with the school choice thing. I have one homeschooler and maybe two next year. Uh, I personally benefit from that, but one thing I worry about with what he's pushing is that it does the same thing to not post secondary education, but but K through twelve as well. That it's a bit of a subsidy. So let me let me clarify: when the school choice is is that also what everybody's talking about with school vouchers? Is that the same thing? Yeah, I mean, now vouchers typically are where the government gives you money and uh-huh. says go educate your kid. Okay. Now, I will never be in agreement with the government giving you money and saying, go educate your kid, because there's, it's ripe for abuse. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the uh, educational savings account, which is what we've been discussing, it would take money and give it to the educational unit, whoever it is, say it's Victory here in, in Decatur. Private school. And they would go directly to them for that kid. So, uh, you know, again, we talked about earlier, playing your hand. Um, Am I always going to support public education? 100%. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for a quality public education, I wouldn't be here today. Mm-hmm. But do we have a lot of changing things that go on, have gone on, even since I got into, into legislature in 2016 till now? And when you talk about the uh, abrasiveness, the abuse, the, you know, the, the computer warriors who sit there and, you know, they're pretty tough on the other side, but they've yeah. never come and asked you face-to-face or talked with they you. They couldn't. We, we've had they, a few. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, I, I this, found it flattering. Like, once, you, once you're, you know, pissing those people off, like, okay, I'm making some waves here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're really getting somewhere. <laughs> yeah. A badge of honor, is that what you're saying? Yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, That's it really right. is. Yeah. Like, there's something to that. Like, okay, I've disrupted something, and yeah, yeah now I'm getting some attention. But again, I think uh, public schools, you know, that are doing well, and we all have our issues because uh, we all have it 
tendency to sin and do evil. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, but public schools that are working hard will continue to be very successful. And if we set this right to where they can be successful by funding them appropriately, there's a point where above a certain amount doesn't give better results, but you have to fund them up to a certain amount. They're going to be fine. So that was the fear that I guess we could extinguish right now is that's the fear that I've read from leftist local blogs, something like that. (laughs) We all know who I'm talking about, but I read them every day. Uh, (laughs) That was the fear is like, this is going to end up gutting actual public, like funding from public schools. If you're going to allocate more to private education, then what's... But, it, but that's not But that's true. not the case. You just stated that's again, not the case. Again, of all the what we had uh, appropriated or budgeted for public education, mm. we still have $4.5 billion sitting there that we haven't put out there. So I, I, I won another special session, the fifth one, okay. because we need to get that to the public education. But the reality is the bill that we had would have put over $8 billion into public education. It would have gave 4000 per teacher by the end of December for a raise and another 4000 in the spring. It would have, through multiple means... Would you like a pour of anything? I've, uh, I've got this Modelo that's doing really okay, good. You're that looks good. What What is that? This anyway? is wild turkey barrel proof. It's the rare breed. It's a, more yeah, of a limited... wild turkey's coming along. Oh, yeah, more yeah. of a limited stock. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Is that a local, the, a local one? No, no, it's actually mm-hmm. good old. It's, that's, it's, wow. a, it's a it's a big brand that's coming around now to being kind of recognized as as actually being prominent. Pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. they've kind of been in the shadows of Buffalo Trace, Jim Beam, but Wild Turkeys. Yeah. they hold their own. But we got we got to we got to do this steak thing again. And, and yes, oh, we do. Oh, oh, most steak and whiskey. Yeah, we do. That was, sure. that was unbelievable. <laughs> that was a good night. That was yeah. unbelievable. That was a good night. That but, was almost two years. No. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half years ago. I thought you guys. Didn't like me anymore or something. You never heard from me. Hey, it's steaks just, are getting expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wants he wants full price for those, yeah, right. those feeder cows. So on, on that same school money, who, who decides to who decides to give what school money? How do, how does that okay. work? Well, and we appropriated that much in in appropriation. Now going back to the legislature, every two years there's only one bill that we have to pass, and that's the budget. Gotcha. We have to appropriate money for that's an important point. Public education for DPS for right, uh, you know, health, mental health, and all the all the different ones, all the different agencies. We so, have to budget. But uh, and your question again is on who does that? Who? who yeah. We we know about where we are if we want to uh, you know increase the allotment based on the increased population, but also on the increased needs that we need for those kids. We have an idea mm-hmm. about how much. So we start doing it in in uh, appropriations, and then the public education committee they said it uh, more specific. But when they have those bills, they have to come to the floor, and we have to pass them. Okay, so we had a bill that had more school choice in it uh, during the regular session, but it got killed by the Democrats didn't want it. And then there are a number of really good people that are rural. Uh, Republicans that see no reason they would want school choice in their area because they don't even have any. They don't have any cities that are as big as they're, they're smaller than Decatur mm-hmm. significantly, and all of their cities and their towns uh, really center around their school system. So those guys and the Democrats voted against it. Now Abbott has said he's going to keep bringing us back till he gets more school choice. So. I have a choice of either 
being at the table negotiating or on the menu, okay? Now, let's take the fact that he's trying to make it difficult on some of those Republicans and say he, say he is successful in preventing some of them from getting reelected. And there's more that are farther to the right where they want the school choice. There may not be any negotiations in the next session. So I think we should be negotiating something that the public school systems can work with and live with and that will work to help improve private education. Now, one of the fears that everybody says is, well, that's just a, a coupon for the rich. Well, it shouldn't be just a coupon for the rich. It should also, uh, we should make sure that it helps socioeconomic disadvantaged kids, disabled kids, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But in order, if you have universal... Uh, school choice it has got to be f- basically for everybody at some point. But the bill, ultimately, that we had that came to the floor in the fourth special session would have gave over $8 billion to public education, mm-hmm. increasing the allotment per kid almost $1,000 in all these teacher pay raises and taking the safety part that we had put in there as an unfunded mandate out, making it a separate bill, and, and then funding it with $2 billion. Right. But it, with that would have been $500 million for more school choice. Now, uh, he had the way it was set up was almost uh, three-fourths of that would have been geared first to socioeconomic disadvantage and disabled kids. And then it, once you got past that, then to anybody after that. Okay. And, that, and again, that was not money taking out, taken out of public education, which everyone would say, you're taking it out of the public education. No, every dollar that we get at the state doesn't belong Back in the school, it never did, and it never will. Mm-hmm. But we need to we need to fully fund good public education. Yeah, they shouldn't be slighted, and then we start questioning why their scores aren't as good as some private school. The other problem is when you look at a uh, public school versus a private school. How many how many kids do you think that are in private school only have one parent? N- not very many. Very not few. Very many. Very few. Right. And how many of those kids in those private schools? got there because they were uh, accepted. That's a good mm, point. That's yeah. valid, too. It's, so we have to make sure that we don't sit there and compare the two and go, well, well I don't understand why you know, public school has to take everybody and private school can pick and choose and on and on. You know, you have two parents over here that are concerned about your education. You have one that's just paying the light bill and, and the other one's never around and they're just trying to survive. I was one of those that was only one parent, and the way I pulled my stuff up by my bootstraps was an education. So we want to make sure that those have the chance too. Mm-hmm. If they're, yeah. and where it really should work is not necessarily so much in a school that's uh, an area that school is is uh, in doing well, but in, in a chronically underperforming school district like South Oak Cliff, those kids have no way out. And we had yeah. some amazing young black women come talk to us about five of them, that uh, four of the five's husbands were working in the public school system. Most of them were working in the public school system, but they didn't want them in that particular district. And because they cared about their kid and they saw what was going on and they wanted to pull them out and the only way they could was to form a group and work together at homeschool. Otherwise, they'd had to be in. And so those, they need the opportunities and deserve the opportunities if they're in a bad school district. And what we hope is when, if that happened, is that that bad school district would get better. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. I, we have great schools. 
You know, one of the best performing schools in my district, 64, is Argyle. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if you'd ever asked me when I was on the school board, would I ever believe that at the, on day one of school I'd have got three calls from parents of fourth-grade students who called me to say, Dr. Stuckey, my fourth-grade teacher asked my kid what pronoun they want mm. to be referred to by. Mm. Now, I immediately called the superintendent. I immediately called the board president, and it had nothing to do with them. They, right. were, they were horrified and were going to make sure that, you know, that she was reprimanded. But it would have been a, it sent a bigger statement if two or three of those kids would have left and gone across the street to Liberty Christian. Everybody in the school district would have known what happened. Mm-hmm. She probably wouldn't have lasted as long, or she would have changed her ways, which is fine if she's willing to do that. And the next year, at the beginning of school, they would have done a whole lot better on training their teachers before the kids came. That's right. So would, would that have helped or hurt to have that in Argyle? I think it will help because Argyle's a great school district. They'll mm-hmm. just get better. Mm-hmm. Decatur is a great school district. They'll get better. Mm-hmm. But we all have our problems. And then you have the, the rumors. You know, we have the Furbies. We have this and that. Some of that. Uh, <laughs> we actually talked about that before yeah. you came in. <laughs> some of that has happened in some school districts, and some of it's just trash talk lies. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing yeah. I ever found regarding uh, furries or whatever they were saying they were was something in Kentucky, and I couldn't find any any concrete evidence of yes, it actually happened or it was or it was just it just exists rumor. in a world of generally not believable for me. But no, but, it happened here in Decatur. <laughs> no, you keep I keep saying that. I talked to the <laughs> person that was involved. Oh man! So you but just put those I, kids in special ed. I like how you tied yes. you just tied the school choice around to some of the social concern uh and and that's what I continually feel out of this you know business with like the special sessions and what governor Abbott's pushing is is it's it's not just economic but but there is a social concern here as well well and it can be done wrong. We don't need to invent the wheel. Right. Okay. And it can be done right. We want to model it after someplace that it's worked. And there are areas in the country that it has made public school better. Mm-hmm. The most that uh, we found anywhere was six and a half percent of the population went to private school or homeschool. And still, you know, 93 and a half percent were going to public State school. State and public. We're already at, you know, three and a half percent. Uh, anyway, so it would, it would, it would, there'd be a small shift maybe, mm-hmm. but you know, what also would happen, Brad, is that you would have, uh, some of these good private schools would get to capacity and they might grow a little bit, but you're also going to have these new ones that come in that make all these promises. Yeah. And what's going to happen with those? <clears throat> the same thing as the Dion Sanders, you know, <laughs> charter school, you know, they're going to go belly up within Three to five years because right. they make promises, and you you want to get in trouble, make a promise about somebody's kid, Education, and don't yeah. follow through on it. Yeah, yeah then, then when do you, you got to start all over with your kid, and that's terrible for exactly. our kids' education. And too. it's even harder on the public school system because they end up getting them back in a year or two. Yeah, right. You know, and I always told people, I said, you know, I spent fifteen years on the school board, and I dealt with what should be people's most precious assets, mm-hmm. their kids. Mm-hmm. So I should be qualified to deal with your money. Turn it off. Yeah. Uh, did that, well, your fear in a roundabout way was just, did you think mm-hmm. that these school vouchers were going to cause 
more expensive private school? Yeah. Okay. So yes, uh, not not more expensive private school, but just kind of inflate education period. Okay. Right. Well, what uh, the 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 last that the bill that died was going to give ten thousand five hundred mm-hmm. to go. Okay, and it was that was the average amount it cost in private school. But there's some private schools that are thirty six thousand. Okay. Yeah. So there was gonna there were people that were going to throw amendments on there saying if you want to to get money from ESAs and not vouchers, they're not giving anybody any money specifically. You're going to the educational uh, savings account. Yeah. Yeah. Then you are going to have to take them at what at what the average uh, public school kid gets. We pay the average a public school in this state, and that's ten thousand five hundred. So that was one of the amendments that was okay potentially going to go that. on there. The other thing that was going to go on there was that <clears throat> if you left, say you left Argyle and you went to Liberty across the street, that the state was now going to pay the public school ten thousand five hundred for that kid for the next three years. Mm. Because so they didn't have to see the loss, and they could continue to plan for the future. Yeah. Okay? What I think would have happened if those two things ha- were in place is that some of these new ones that make all these big promises would have gone belly up. The public schools would be better, and you'd have some private schools that were bigger and doing better. You'd have some that went belly up, and you'd have some people that go, "Well, I want to go back to public school because they actually did more for my kid than." This one that made all these promises, mm. yeah, that didn't follow through. So a lot of that could happen. You know, we don't know, but we do know one thing: mm-hmm. all of us, uh, whether it's my one-year-old today, grandson Bo, or you guys as kids, we're going to want them to have a good education, right, and we're going to do whatever we have to to make sure it happens. Right. And one of the ways I tried to make sure is I was on the school board. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you have a say so then. So that's interesting. So. What is something that normal Joe Blows like us can do? School board. Is it school board? Or going I mean, to that school seems board. Or just go to going, going to them. Yeah, yeah. going I to mean, meetings. Well, and I, school and I, boards feel scary to me, especially here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I want to go back to that. I didn't get on the school board just for my kids. I wanted yeah. an improvement in in the educational process, right. in the facilities, and the programs that were available. For all the kids, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. What can you do? Well, first of all, you know, you want to know the number one frustration for me when I was president of the school board? Yeah. Somebody who was just mad as a hornet and wanted to come talk to me and complain. And back then, now the end of the, or the end of the time, I had to look on a computer. But back then, you could at the at the end of the election, I could go get a printout of who voted. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time, somebody coming in and complaining about their kid never Didn't even, even never vote. vote yeah. and, and, and half the time, they'd lie to me and tell me they did. Yeah. And I just was not it, mean enough to day. say, you're full of it. Yeah. You, you did not. Look here. Yeah. Right. Uh, but number one thing we need to do, whether we have kids in there or not, mm-hmm. is to be voting at every election, mm-hmm. school board, city council, all the local elections, county commissioners, all of them. Yeah. The water boards. Which whatever. is why we are hosting this segment, because right. I think we're hopefully getting a lot of good info to people yeah. on a local level right. of what you can really do to from the ground up, from yeah. a grassroots effort, from your community all the way up to the state level, and giving them the power to do that through the mm-hmm. advice from you. Yeah. And there and there are, there. you talk about the pendulum earlier, there was a time period that hardworking people that didn't have 
skin in the game didn't go do that. Mm-hmm. It was more important to mow their lawn, you know, mm-hmm. or to sit home and have a beer. Or yeah, it, well, I'm sure it was uh, somewhat intimidating. You know, some people are intimidated by it. You know, they, yeah. they're unsure of which way they, or what way I mean, they would support. look at the language in the amendments. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, how do I, how do I election. decipher this? Yeah, what do I need to hire a lawyer to read out so, so I can figure out right. which way I'm going to vote? I mean, there are some. And a compl- lot of them weren't being talked about in the media. <laughs> so so it's like you're, you're sitting there reading this prompter, thinking, trying to figure out like, Okay, what does this really say? I'm thinking of Obamacare specifically, like when Pelosi was like, "Well, we've got to pass this legislation so we can tell you what's in it." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. let so me tell little... you, Obamacare with my wife with cancer did not mm-hmm. help Lynn Stuckey. I don't think it's really helped anybody. Nah. Don't get me started down that yeah. path. Yeah, I mean, we could. We, we, yeah. That's a whole. We could do a whole. Episode. No, ultimately, oh, yeah. it's what caused me to do what. Uh, you you what got what out of the industry. Yeah. 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 But I got yeah. one more question on the school thing. Are you all right on time, Doctor Stuckey? Um, I'll stay here till. The sun comes so up. The cows folks. come home. Don't say that because okay. they might be at home. I did sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> so on on school stuff, and this is tax money and and just school. So where I'm at currently, I am in Paradise uh, ISD. My kids have always gone to Decatur, and that's where they'll they'll graduate. But what frustrates me is I don't have a vote no more. He said frustrates. Frustrates. I, heard it, I, heard I don't. It. Yeah. I don't have a vote. <laughs> I don't have a vote anymore. What happens to where my kids go to school and my tax dollars go to somewhere? I have no clue what's going on at that school, which is it's fine. It's where we yeah. decided to move. But is there is that ever been brought up to where wherever your kids are going to school? Like for me, I still think I should I should have a vote. Yeah, what come it, what goes on in that school? And and that makes sense. The problem the problem is twofold. There are a lot of school districts, and this is going to happen with Decatur. Mm-hmm. Maybe because you work in Decatur is part of it, and maybe you lived there before you moved out here, and yes. they'll let them go on. There's a lot of school districts that will not transfer kids because of the growth. They're not open, and they have yep. too many portables already, and they got to have more. Right. So, uh, I see that happening, but but not that much. Um, and the problem would be uh, trying to police that because you got to, you know, what do you got to do? Get an affidavit that I live in, in Paradise ISD, but I'm. You, you do. You got to. And how we, many times do I get a vote? I got three over here, or I got two over here and one in Paradise, or like over over in uh, uh, one of the schools up on the north side of Wise County. They had one family that had one in private school, one in. In Slidell Public School, and mm-hmm. one had a dis. It was disabled in at Victory. So I mean, that's what gets hard. Is right. that you know typically the way it was designed is that you're within this this district. You're paying taxes here. This is where you get a vote. Um, but I don't I don't have the answer to that one. Right. I mean, and I and I you know I'm your representative. I need your input on that one, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll Maybe. give it to you. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a great. Uh, that's a great segue for that. Like that. Yeah, it's your. Yeah. You're not. You're not in this making all these decisions on your own. You you have to seek out input. Yes, sir. From your constituents. That's what they call it. Why they call it representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody thinks they know better than your constituents, <laughs> it's time to vote them out of there. Okay. And get somebody else. Um, you know, do I make all my constituents happy? No. Every vote I take, I make somebody yeah, mad. You, you can't please everybody. Um, uh, and, but. Ninety-nine percent of the time, you know, a you're going to vote your conscience and your constituents. Most of the time, I'm blessed in my district that, uh, you know, especially you come off a floor during a, a debate of a bad, of a difficult issue. I'll have 400 emails and and 200 phone calls Good that Lord. day. 
And we ask them, are you in House District 64? And, and my opponents to them will say, you know why they ask you? Because they're going to, you know, uh, they're, they're checking you out. No, no, we're wanting to know you're, if you're calling from California, and this happens a lot. I go oh, yeah. from wow. all over. I don't really care. You can call and leave a message with my staff because I'm going to be uh, nice about it, but I don't have a lot of time for you. I want to talk to my constituents. Mm-hmm. And then the other great people in the state of Texas, but my constituents first. And that helps guide me on how I vote. But basically, you hired you you voted in somebody who primarily starts with biblically based values. Okay? okay, do I make mistakes all the time? But I try to stick with. I know the biblically based values have got us to where we are today, where we have limited government, and we have. You know, you treat you treat somebody else mm-hmm. like you want to be treated. You get rid of racism. You have your Second Amendment rights. I mean, we're you talking know. grand arc of history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like our Constitution, uh, the majority of it came from biblically based values. Mm-hmm. And so, again, yeah, I'm, it, you're representing, and I am an expert in veterinary medicine, but I'm not an expert in, uh, you know. Uh, splenectomies of uh, pediatrics mm-hmm. in humans, you know, <laughs> or, uh, you know, multiple myeloma uh, cancer. I don't, you know, I know about chemo and radiation and stuff, but I don't know about some of that stuff or, or how COVID-19 affects the, a human compared to how uh, the coronavirus feline infectious peritonitis affects a cat. Mm-hmm. Very similar in there. It's really mean and nasty. And when you watch, you do a necropsy or an autopsy, Mm-hmm. You go, whoa, people go through this. This, I mean, you have to be on a ventilator and you're, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not good. No bueno. Not good. Yeah. But, but again, I'm representing. So mm-hmm. uh, on your, your ranching and farming, you need to come to me. Now, have I had a lifetime of ranching and farming? I did two herds of cattle yesterday for yeah. one guy in Flower Mound, and uh, it all starts running together. The other one in Argyle, that's right. The guy, the guy was actually from England, but he was a retired American pilot. And uh, he lived in Argyle, the second one. Had an interesting accent. I feel like that's what uh, the United States needs a little more of, of people that come from a blue-collar, uh, you know, oh, area kind of, of, segues. of of being mm. a, a servant. So they can identify and relate. And um, Okay, you know. so, man, it segues into something I've been thinking, like, <laughs> this so whole episode. Yeah. So, so oftentimes, uh, Chance and I say that there, there might have been an age in this recent past, like several decades ago that we would have called ourselves Democrat. Yeah. If you look up, if you look up the classic definition of a liberal, liberal? that's me. Well, guys, you know, in the sixties, there wasn't a nickels difference between a Democrat and a Republican. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until the platforms got so separated and, you know, here you have, you know, socialism versus, you know, uh, yeah, no longer. We we would not paint ourselves blue. I mean, I'd still consider myself conservative, but conservative is like it embodies what classic liberal is. It's not Social, neoliberal. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you look yeah. up if you look up liberal in the de- uh, the dictionary, it's like I want enough government to enable commerce and row. You know, it's, I'm not the libertarian. It's like oh, get rid of all taxes. Government <laughs> is God. We want right. roads and infrastructure. Right. Uh, you know, enables uh, people to be successful uh, for commerce and then you know, basically Protect stay the, the hell out of my of life speech, otherwise. And freedom <laughs> you know, of religion. Yeah. Exactly. So, but you know what? I think all of us here understand that everything is not free. And when sure. people say, 
I don't want to pay any property tax. And I don't want to, and dead gum, you better not start uh, paying tax on medical bills or groceries. Don't add taxes to anything. There are certain services that we want. Oh, yeah. J.D. Uh, Clark had a good example. He said, you know, your tax bill for the county, for your protection, for your roads, for your police protection, for fire, all that's about 600 years. Is that worth it to you? It is to me. Right. Yeah. But that's but, classic liberalism is like you, you want the essentials. I have no quarrel with that. You want yeah. the essentials. Well, you don't want the, the big brother. You, you don't want, want the big brother, and you don't want the waste. Mm-hmm. And you know, my, no matter what we do, yeah. there will always be waste. And as a representative for you, I'm always looking for the waste. That's Are spe- we wasting money Ergo special here? interests. Mm-hmm. Are we wasting money here? Let's stop that. Stop yeah. that. Stop that. There's always somebody trying to cheat mm-hmm. and waste. We want to get rid of the waste. We want it to be uh, to, to give us the things that we expect to have quality of life for us and our families, but we don't want any excess. Okay, there are a lot of people running today that are pure libertarians saying they're Republicans. Sure. Yeah. And those people. That's the only way they can get traction, though. Everybody always looks libertarians. Mm -hmm. They always get kind of discarded. Yeah. And they they don't they they basically want they want to be out in the middle of nowhere and and they're anarchists like fort and and not fight anybody. That's not libertarian. That's anarchy, and that's what they're that and that's why they get looked over, glossed over because they come off as batshit crazy. (laughs) It's a valid point. (laughs) Thank you for making that statement. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I was like, uh, you know, Ron Paul, kind of the quintessential Uh libertarian. Yeah, he comes across as batshit crazy. I I love the guy because he's got some great viewpoints. Rand Paul. Identifies as conservative, but a lot of his viewpoints, are, I would say, are classic libertarian. But he he honed in on a lot of the special, like so many millions dedicated to a study about lizards on a freaking treadmill, and it's the waste <laughs> like that, like the stuff that is superfluous and not necessary. And, and somebody was you, getting paid that was <laughs> that was helping him under the table. <laughs> I can tell you at this job. We get six hundred a month. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid by nobody. Special interest under the table. Yeah. I'm doing it because I care about our future and okay. our kids and grandkids. There are people there that are doing it for the wrong reasons, and it's disgusting. Yeah, and it's another reason that I'm not just going to say, "Hey, I'm done," because it's it's gotten too difficult and there's too many mean people. No, that just makes me want to do it more. You got to have a tremendous spine, though, because if somebody comes at you and says. Here's twenty five million. I need you to vote this way. That's hard to ignore, Lynn. That's yep. Yep. This never had that happen. But I, I will tell you this: I've had, <laughs> I've had. You know, I had a, a client. Who unfortunately, I had to do his eulogy recently in Denton. He had, he cleaned up eighty five percent of the train wrecks in the U S, Canada, and Mexico. And he would write me a check for ten thousand because he believed in me. Yeah. Well, we had a bill uh, on the House floor a couple sessions ago th- that allowed uh, trucks to offload a container off a ship onto the truck and go as far as 30 miles inland to a distribution center and then unload without offloading 25% of them right there at the dock because they're overweight if they added another axle, another set of brakes, and they only went a textile route that was approved for that weight, okay. which actually had less weight than you know a fully weighted truck anyway. And I voted for it. But when I'm walking in there, there's the shark tank is in front of where you go in, and they're like pulling you. Say, "Hey, come here. you're not." 
in the railroad companies. You're not going to vote for that bill, are you? Mm-hmm. I go, do you have, do you have a railroad track down there? It was, I think it was down to, uh, forget which, it was El Paso, one of, one of the ship channels. I don't know, not El Paso, it was, uh, where the heck was it? But anyway, one of, the, one of the ship channels where they came in quite a ways, mm-hmm. uh, they were um, doing this. I said, do you have any railroad track? No, but we might want to someday. And I'm like, no, this is, this is going to provide uh, inventory at less cost to the, to, to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. They're going to be able to break faster and have less per, you know, per square foot per square inch yeah. pressure on the, on the, on the road. Yeah. And they're going to go an approved route. Why wouldn't I do that? You know, cause it'll affect the, the railroads. I don't care. Well, you know, that's going to make Mr. Hulcher mad. And I'm said, well, then you go tell Mr. Hulcher <laughs> that he doesn't have to donate to me in the future because yeah. I'm going to do what's right. Not what you're trying to get me to do mm. just because somebody donates to just me. For and it is that way on every person that makes a donation to me, whether it's an individual or Texas lawsuit reform, or the realtors, or any of them. They all, why do they donate to me? Because they don't think I'm batshit crazy, which <laughs> you just said earlier. And number two, they know I, I, I believe in private property rights and uh, free enterprise and on and on. That's why they support me, not because they control me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you are part of a legislature of generally good people who are looking out for the interest of their constituency. And, and you know, Brad, there's a lot of people in there that I look at and I go, I've made some really good friends here. Because yeah. mm-hmm. they are good people from all 150 areas of the state. Yeah. And I would have never got to know these people. Now, there's a few of them that I would care less to meet or see one more time because I don't like what they do and I think, Sure. It's wrong and it's immoral. There's and, some crooks. Yeah. But, the, yeah. but a lot of them are good people. Now, there are some people that I don't agree with much at all, but do I believe that they actually think they're doing what's right for their constituents in that part of the state? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. So I have to respect that. That's reassuring. But I can also say, hey, yeah. we're going to have to agree to disagree on yeah. that. That's reassuring to hear that uh, those remarks that you have good people that uh, are in elected positions with you because that's not – the ones that are getting the attention. It's the squeaky wheels. It's the loud ones. It's, yep. it's the activists. Yeah. It's the big disruptors with no good intentions that get all the attention. And most of those love the social media and, and they love to get, uh, you know, they love to get attention. Uh, uh, what's a uh, Alexandria Costa uh, AOC. That's oh, the God. first one yeah. that comes to mind. God, that talk about a bat shit crazy. All right, moving on to something that you are responsible for. We'll start this off with a little bit of video. but Yeah, I want you to tell us if this is bullshit <laughs> well, or not. Let's go down to the border towns. Uh-huh. And you, can you read that up there? Can I read it? Yes, yes. sir. Okay. But this is... Okay, so this is California. Supposedly. California, yeah. It's it's TikTok. But this is happening everywhere on the, tex- or the United States-Mexican border. Yeah, so this, this is, is a video of all fighting-aged male Chinese guys. A- Asian-looking people. We don't okay. know. We uh, can't confirm yeah. what the video says. Yeah. Right? Those guys are Middle Eastern. Right. Those I don't Asians. know why China would give up their their 
men. No, I don't either. Right? That's, why, that's what we're wondering, because it's not just this one. I mean, it's everywhere. Well, before we dive into a conspiracy crossroads, is, is China <laughs> implanting <laughs> military-age men to uh, subdue this company from behind? Now, let's just talk about what actually uh, you have accomplished on the border, what's being done. To re- I mean, it's the border is a, is a gaping hole, basically. It is, it is a gaping hole, and yep. it's very frustrating. And, you know, we were headed in the right direction when Trump was uh, president. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest components was remain in Mexico. That was part of his uh, legislation and and his Mm -hmm. policy. And as soon as Biden came in, he got rid of that. So how how does that affect the Texas border? I mean, remain in Mexico was uh, generally a policy of just being active in the situation in Mexico, right? Like a backstage. And making it illegal to walk, to walk into the United States of America. Yeah. The problem, you know, and of course there's lots of people that are trying to, that are in bad countries that are trying to better their life. And they have to come here legally. And mm-hmm. we need to fix that. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to kick the can down the road, but most of that is federal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we all know people that work their butt off that uh, have that never weren't born here that uh, deserve a better life. But with that, when they can just walk across the, the river or swim across the river, comes all the sex traffic, the fentanyl, mm-hmm. the felons, the murderers, and all that. And the cartels in Mexico, they run everything. I was down there three weeks ago, for again, uh, for a couple of days, uh, with uh, Colonel uh, Freeman Martin. Uh, and, you know, got a lot of, uh, had a lot of good discussion, and, and we, we were on the helicopters, we were on the boats, we walked, and we did all that. Um, <coughs> excuse me, and I will be back there Thursday morning, uh, flying down there Thursday morning to a different part, and we'll be, we just appropriated $1.5 billion. We're going to build 100 miles, more 100 more, more miles of fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that fence, uh we find, we've, it, it's got to a point now where a lot of those ranchers are scared to even be on their own property. Wow. So do you find that, that the fence is actually effective? You have, the fence alone is not – you have to have three things. You have to have, you have, to have a barrier. Mm-hmm. You have to have boots on the ground, mm-hmm. and you have to have technology. Yeah. Okay. There are areas that the, the, the border fence is the most effective thing. There's areas that – Technology like those drones and those balloons are mm-hmm. the most effective, and there uh, and there's a lot of those areas. A lot of them have natural borders that they can't drive a truck across and get into a high speed chase and kill somebody. Yeah, and then there's some you just have to have boots on the ground. But it's a combination of those three things. There's a lot of areas that need the wall, and I, I mean Trump started that, and then it stopped. There are areas that I've gone down there where they have 40 miles of wall with uh, 30. 30 open gates in it, and they never completed the gates. Wow. Just totally ridiculous. Yeah. That's a waste of money. This so, is, in, this is the, in the state of Texas? Yes, sir. So why, why can't we just fix that? Well, you know, we are. We're, we're starting to fix it. I mean, I can weld a gate shut. <laughs> That's right. So send we need the, you, brother. Send the farmers <laughs> ranches on down there. Do you want to fly? You have, how light is your welder? We're, we're on a King Air. Oh yeah, it'll fit. You think we can haul that yeah, with us? It'll, it'll fit. Uh, it says here uh, thirteen billion plus. Uh, as a member of the House Budget Writing Committee, uh, you uh, secured more than thirteen billion for border security efforts. 
Uh, and that's exactly right. And you know what? We build the federal government for every bit of that and never got a dime back. But of course. So sorry, guys, <laughs> that it's your tax dollars we're spending. <laughs> but we are going to slow this down. We've also, there's the other things that you can do is you can pass legislation to make it more difficult. And, and a good friend of mine, David Spillers, uh, he had a bill that we just passed that makes it illegal to uh, cross into the state of Texas, state law, mm-hmm. and that we can turn them back uh, and it. You know, we can't do that to everybody, obviously, but we can do that to some. And we know uh, Colonel Freeman Martin even told me, he said, just ha- passing that law, there'll be a lot of migrants that will move over to another state mm-hmm. that could try to come in because they don't want to get turned back. Yeah. So laws, and I said, like I said, the three things, the border, I mean, the barriers, monitoring, the technology, yeah. and the boots on the ground, uh-huh. we got to have that. Okay. Now, can we invade Mexico? Uh, I don't think I want a war with Mexico, I but I've, be good I've, had, I've had somebody that uh, ran against me that said they wanted to stand over on the Mexican side. Yeah, that you're going to get you're, you've you've you've, uh, you've declared war with Mexico. We have so much. There's a ton of American industry in Mexico yeah, already. Right. Uh, I had I, I had another thing, another but. another <laughs> bright idea by somebody uh, running was uh, to raise the level of water in in the Rio Grande. I'm like, well, then you're going to flood mm. people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. the, but yeah, the bottom yeah. line is we need water in Wise County, not, did not down the Rio Grande, yeah. and and those rafts are going to float oh just the same. <laughs> but, but I want to I want to I want to elaborate and continue on this. Like, let's preface this with nobody at this table hates Mexicans. It's not no. a racial thing, but it's also not just about criminals and drugs and uh, you know bribery, extortion. It's not about that. It is about a whore. And, and like Mexicans are, you great. just said uh, whore. whore, horde. Mexicans are like great salt of the earth, good moral people, but the ones that want to legally move here. Yeah. What was that? Those are great. I mean, that song from Robert Earl Keane. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Mariano. You're, you're, you're distracting me. Oh, come me. on. You're distracting it's a, me. It's where he's singing about his Mexican that worked for his family. I think that and, was you and yours. Yeah, on but the that's beach. not the situation anymore. <laughs> it's not the situation anymore. It's it's hordes of people that right. want to come here, and it's not all criminals corrupt. It's not that. It's people that want to come here, and they're a massive tax burden. And they're mm-hmm. a medical burden, and, and that's legit. So that's the thing: is and they're edu- not educational, educational, awesome. and they're not contributing. Now, if you could round every single one of them up and say, "Guess what? You're a citizen as of today. Congratulations! Mm-hmm. Start paying into the taxes, uh, your your tax system to your local." Then I'm I'm, I'm okay with that too. <laughs> that's not what it is. It, and, and no, it's not. But you, you either stop them or. Well, you, and you, you round them up and say either leave or become a citizen. But some of it's labile concern, but but other concern is actual security concern. It's drugs, yeah, yeah, sex that, trafficking. Oh yeah, that's a huge it's, factor. But I just did. I wanted to specify that it's not just that. It is. There's a exactly. massive. Exactly. I met with uh, you know, deputy in Denton and in uh, Presby Hospital and a couple other and three moms of. Kids between 17 and 28, I think was the oldest, those three moms who lost a, a boy in the last year to one fentanyl tablet. Wow. There's yeah. enough fentanyl coming across the border right now in the state of Texas to kill everybody in Texas, California, and New York. Jesus. <coughs> this is, uh, you know, perpetrated on purpose by, you know, the Chinese and others that want to see 
the United States of America mm-hmm. go down to two. So that's a so bold claim if, right if, there. If that's true, yeah. if that number's true, do you tell me why every Texas National Guard, National Guard, because it's government, so let's, let's take out National Guard, every Texas National Guard, every Texas uh, Ranger, which was formed as Border Patrol agents, why ain't every one of them down there? A lot of them are down there. Not every one of them are down there. A lot of them are. One of the reasons is it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It costs a lot of money, and and that's where the border uh, barriers help. Mm-hmm. You start pushing them to certain areas. You slow them down. And you can control them better. But when you don't have any help from the federal government, when I was down there three weeks ago, right. and I was told that by the DPS, as we're sitting there and watching the Border Patrol pull a boat out of the river, that they had gone down about 100, uh, not 100 yards, it was about, two miles, and they had taken a uh, piece of construction equipment with the forklift on oh, it yeah, and we, lift, seen this video. lifted up oh, yeah. the wire to let them in. Mm. And then, you know, we're, we're riding up and down the river, and these poor people, you know, some of them look like just dogs that were beat. You come by, and they're all hunched mm-hmm. in. The board, all the Border Patrol is doing is saying, hey, you know, you need to meet court date on this time and and letting them come through they can't turn them back they can't turn them back mm. uh, and that's now, a federal and that's the federal yeah. and and does dps oh, i asked them do you work with these guys you try to work with this do you do you communicate with these guys yes we do and most of them are good people but right. they are in a terrible situation yeah. with the federal government because of who we have it at, at right. Washington. yeah okay so we're we're going to do a lot more and we're going to slow them down between mm. legislation getting more uh, boots on the ground, getting more technology. And, you know, those balloons, those balloons will, they can see a rabbit cross 25 miles. Jeez. But wow. people, uh, but those folks moving, the cartels moving them, know where those balloons are, and they know when they move them because mm. they'll move them periodically. And so they will go around them or through them. We were down there, not this time, but one time before with the DPS, and they all of a sudden turned around and took off. So said, where are you going? It was about dark. It was Lori, Lori and I were in there together. And they go, well, they're having a uh, armed apprehension right now where they're having a shootout. We're not going in there. We'll come back tomorrow morning. We go back in the morning. They had an F-150 pickup uh, with uh, over $3 million worth of meth and marijuana and other stuff in the back. And what they did is they took a 16-foot flatbed trailer with three 55-gallon drums attached to each side, pulled it down to the water, unhooked it, Drove the F one hundred on huh. on it, pushed it across, got it in it, and took off in a high speed chase, and we're Jeez. shooting. And that's where people get innocent people get killed. Right. One, another reason why you have barriers in certain areas where they stop them from the high speed. Now, does a barrier completely prevent them from crawling over or going under? No, but right. all those barriers that we build now have have a road on both sides to monitor and. Uh, they have cameras, mm-hmm. so they can see that they're coming, and then they can apprehend them, mm-hmm. and they can slow them down and also get them to go toward the ports of supposedly entry where more feds are there, and 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 it reduces the number of felons and criminals crossing. Mm-hmm. Right. But those guys will run people through. You, you would see a crossing where they put a, a wristband on them, and they get across, they pop that band up. There'll be a pile, uh, eighteen inches tall, of wristbands. Wow! Where they, you know, they dropped them. They they had another change of clothes in a plastic bag. 
They dropped their clothes, they switched clothes, and they're walking in with their mm, cell phone. Wow. We're, I can show you pictures on here where we're driving, and they're just in a line. Mm. And that's why we had over 2 million of them come in last year. When, when Trump was still there at the end of his presidency, it, we had got it down to like 350,000 in a year, which seems like too, way that's, too that's many. That's astronomical. That's sure. Sure, yeah. And when you're talking about apprehensions, on the illegal guys, for every one we catch, there's probably at least one that gets away. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what powers are behind it, but the method has been pretty effective of the ones, you know, they can't send them back. So <clears throat> governors of states yep. are busing these immigrants. I mean, I've heard this. You know, these northern states <laughs> yeah. and big cities, they don't, they, they're not hands-on. They haven't seen. They're, yeah. they don't, they're in a border state, a southern border state, so they don't know, but the Bussing these migrants into these Martha's Vineyards mm -hmm. and everywhere else, like okay, yeah. here you go. Yeah. You want to you want to open wait, your doors? Wait, here yeah. you are. Yeah. Like, and and back up a second. Those people, you know, were were feeling so sorry for these people. Oh yeah. And, and like you, you know, uh, you're right. We can't let people come in without participating in the system. That's why in McAllen we have this amazingly beautiful hospital. Yeah unbelievably beautiful hospital. And we go in there and they want to show us the hospital. So I'm saying, hey, so what percentage of these uh, uh, women that are getting, having babies here are um, legal and, or, and what are illegal? Well, we oh, can't say yeah. what that is. We can't tell you what that is. So I go up to the second floor where they have NICU. So I ask the nurses because they'll tell me. Yeah. 85% are illegals oh, coming mm -hmm. across and we're paying for them. Oh, yeah. Okay. But those being bust are being bused to the cities where all those people up there. Sanctuary. Called, you know, yeah. said we're a bunch yeah. of asses mm -hmm. down here being bad, and they're sanctuary cities. Yep. And so yeah. now that they're getting these, all of a sudden they want to backtrack. Oh, yeah. Well, now you've pissed off other demographics of people. I heard a great uh, city council meeting with, like, the black community in Chicago, and they're pissed off because they're being displaced, and their opportunities for prosperity are, are gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're they're being overrun by migrants that are being bused there, and they're like, "This isn't working out." Yeah, yeah. We wanna we wanna be able to succeed or, in our city. Or the governor of New York, or <clears throat> the, uh, New York City mayor, I think it was actually that said, "You know, we gotta have money now from the feds." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about us in Texas that yeah. have had over two million cross our border? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, in some instances they've displaced um, veterans too. Uh, mm -hmm. To house migrants, uh, and that's probably in extremely left-leaning cities. But are there any of these uh, uh, highlights that you want to read or the, uh, give to your uh, listeners right now? That I, I don't know what ones I should pick out or what what I should. Every one of them yeah. is important. Okay, yeah, we, we could probably throw this on. Oh. Yeah, we could throw it on with the uh, the picture once we re release the show, and we we will continue to work on this and do this, and not, you know. Mm -hmm. People are frustrated. I don't blame us. We are frustrated as Texans, and we shouldn't have to spend $13 billion in this 1.5 more that we just added. But we have to do something to slow this down, and we are. Between legislation and more money, we are, and we will continue to. Yeah. And nobody is doing as much as we are. No other state is doing as much as we are. And if people are saying we're not doing anything, I'm sorry. We're, you know, I'm frustrated too. Mm-hmm. As a small business owner uh, with 20 to 30 employees, everything went like this. Yeah. And probably like his office, when I have five exam rooms, we we work those things. I can do all of them myself if you do them right. Sure. Because you, you do it in an organized manner and an efficient manner. Well, government doesn't work that way, and I want it to change. Yeah. 
but and we we try to do everything we can, but we are actually getting some things done. But the pendulum is going to have to swing for us to get what we want. The results we completely want to see is we need help from the feds. Mm-hmm. But we're going to still get there. We're going to get improvements without them. But it would sure be nice to have a Republican president. Yeah. Well, it's another- it sounds like despite them. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a yeah. it's a fundamental thing that Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals should be able to agree on is like you don't have a freaking country if you don't have a border. Right. That's another and that's another area I completely like disagree with liberty. Roman history they're, uh they're taught us that. Like, you don't have a country. Yeah. You have to have a defined boundary that says, you know, only <laughs> these people but, you know, are citizens of this yeah, country. Yeah, Beto O'Rourke was totally against that, yet you know, he married <laughs> rich, married to a woman that had a lot of money, and they had a wall around their home and mm-hmm. you know but yet he wants to break the wall. well why don't you open your why yeah. do you have a wall around your own home yeah, yeah. Well, open you got I can't some vacant bedrooms was how? even a contender I, well more than one time yeah, well, yeah. i haven't heard of haven't i don't heard know much if from contender him is the right word but. yeah he was never a contender <laughs> he showed up yeah i haven't heard much from him lately but on, on one one more thing, not on the border because I'm I'm getting pissed off at that. I don't want to talk, <laughs> I don't want to talk, talk no more. We all are. I am yes. too, sir. Yeah. But what uh, what I really want to talk to you is on the um, first time Texas history Wise County has its own state representative, and how does that affect our voice? I think we talked about it a little bit, but explain a little bit. Like, so your office that you now have in Decatur. That's the first time yeah. that you've ever had an office in Wise County. Uh, what does that mean? That having mean, having that means an office. I care yeah. a lot, right, right, about okay. Wise County and how important it is. And you know, I have a limited budget, mm-hmm. but we have somebody there at least one day a week. And if anybody wants to meet me there, I'll meet them whenever I if I'm home. Mm-hmm. When as soon as and whenever I can. Like this week, I was in Austin. And we had signed, we signed, he died Tuesday afternoon. I had to go to Houston for a meeting. Then I came home. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had to take a shower when I got here. <laughs> it's all about the humidity. <laughs> it's humid up there. Yeah. But, yeah. It's more than humidity. <laughs> Especially Austin. Uh, oh my. But, uh, you know, again, well, I'm getting off track here. Yeah, your, yeah, question, your question. <laughs> your, your it's question our fault. Is about representation yes. here. Um, we are going to this. There's Siri. So yeah, she's going Heck off yeah. on you. Yeah, she's got a lot to know. say tonight. Yeah, she's, and that's not <laughs> smart. <either. laughs> uh, you know, we are blessed to be able to, and honored to represent Wise County, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it to the best of our ability. I, I spend, uh, when I'm home, I spend half my time um, in Wise County. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this $600 a month doesn't pay all my bills, so I still do some veterinary medicine. I sold my practice, uh, they have a triple net lease on it. They didn't want my better my mobile units. <clears throat> I love doing mobile units, mobile mm-hmm. stuff. So I had three of those. I I updated two of them, brand new, and put one in the P two parking garage in Austin. So I get to meet some really interesting people down there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I have one up here, and then I have a third truck now. I actually got me a King Ranch. Oh, that's and nice. it doesn't have a vet box on it. For the first time in my life, <laughs> I can feel like a farmer rancher driving around in a King Ranch and not yeah. getting stereotyped. Like, oh, that yeah. guy's a vet. Get his yeah. number. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's it's great to be here. It's great to represent people that are like minded with Lori and I. Lori mm-hmm. grew up on a farm ranch, yeah. also. Uh, we grew up about 50 miles apart from each other, met at K-State. But I do, and I'd, I'd love to invite you three to to it, but I do a pheasant hunt every year where we go up and 
I have, I'm there just long enough that I realize how much I hate the wind. <laughs> I turn around and come back down here. But we go up in Pheasant Nut, and you know, the second weekend of, of uh, on on the land that Lori and I own, and her, my brother owns, and her family owns. I would love to come. Oh, yeah. That's some Kansas. of the funnest. That's some of the funnest yeah. hunting, and you've got to work for it. Oh yeah, it's not easy hunting. We do not have yellow, fat yellow <laughs> pen raised. <laughs> Uh, pheasants. These are only wild ones. You yeah. have wild birds. So by the second uh, weekend, if you slam your door here, they fly out a mile away yeah. over there. You got to be smarter than that. Uh, what? When does this occur? What month? It'll, it'll be November. It's okay. usually the second or third Tuesday of well, November. If you're serious, count us in. Love to have you guys go. I've been on every, Burns, every pheasant hunt I've been on is in Kansas. Burns has gone with us. He went, oh he, yeah. He uh, he showed up for about 18 hours this year. And went, and then he turned around. And drove. He he also he had two reasons. He 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 brought him a big old a two ton a one ton bag that he uh-huh. he bought uh, uh, corn. Okay, mm. he brought it back for his his wife's pet. Oh yeah, pet deer. I think. Gosh, she feeds uh, every deer in this <laughs> neck of the woods. <laughs> but but he, I think he was a little worried about the rain after he bought that corn. And, yeah, and he didn't want it to get, and it was going to rain. So he took off and yeah. got home probably about four in the morning instead of stayed and hunted the next morning. Mm. Nice. Well, he's going to be on January seventh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be terrible. It'll be a good one. Can I come <laughs> here and stand over? You there? absolutely sit on the couch. Yeah. Oh, we got some tough questions. Oh, for we him have too. another mic that we can. Throw oh yeah, on we can too, both so back can, on there. Oh man, but, uh, I'm here. I'm in. I'm in. You I, think your questions were tough? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me go first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now you know uh, we're going to go back to. I mean, this brought up another subject. Okay. You know, I am going to be doing a forum here with uh, uh, the wise Republican women in the chamber. I'm going to mm-hmm. do one back there, but I'm not doing some forums uh, with some groups that have not treated me fairly. Okay. And you talk about go first or go mm-hmm. second. The last time I got to go first every time. And then my opponent got to go second. Well, okay. So, gotcha. you know, I, I, I'm just, there's no reason for me to go back to that. That's yeah. a joke. Yeah. 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 They're setting you up for failure almost. It's yep. And then I never got a rebuttal either. So right. are you kidding me? No, no rebuttal. Huh. So it's mm. like, oh, thank you, man. Have you, another. Yeah. You yeah. toss out all the ammo and then and, and yeah. you have no re- yeah. recourse. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Something I guess we can kind of wrap this up. If, if I'm sure. feeling good about it, I think we got a lot of. Oh good man, info. it's great! But I do have one. Yeah, I, I mean, serious but tongue in cheek subject of like, as Texans, as Americans, why can our elected officials not get us out of the time change? Out of the time change. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, that's valid. I did not know like, where you, you're. I didn't either, you were. But I'm glad you brought it up. That, Jeez. I would agree with you on that. Let's you know, come he, here's we because when you're making sausage. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I love this reference. we've got to we got to step back, and we got to figure out how to do this right, where people are going to vote for it mm-hmm. on the house floor, etc. And let's start with saying we don't really care so much about it messing up us, but it sure screws up our pets. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. time to feed them; they're they're all messed up. Yeah. Is that the way to do it? <laughs> yeah. So we do this for our animals. Animals. <laughs> That's I love it. We'll benefit from it secondarily, at least. I mean, who who benefits from getting dark at five fifteen in the afternoon? Though? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Tell no. me, that was somebody's got to be making money. That was back. Thing, that was back right? before electricity. Okay, yeah. so I got to ask you a little <laughs> well, bit of trivia yeah. here that we just really came to a, a revelation about. Uh, do you know why it was first enacted? I've heard why it was first enacted, but I I can't quote it. What? Oh, okay. What What, what are you thinking? I mean, loosely, uh, based on on you know making it more efficient for people to go to work and to, and to come home and 
and to be at work during daylight. That's what we all thought. Yeah, during the war, right? Well, it was a World War One. Well, we always policy. thought it was farm yeah. or something, help yeah, farmers. We thought it was agriculture-related, yeah. which essentially they're thrown into. But yeah, yeah it was a World War One policy. That, yeah. You have a longer growing season if you get an extra hour, right? Yeah. Sure, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that serious of a farmer. Nah. I don't. I'm on banker's hours. I think we get the same amount of daylight. We just mess up the time. Yeah, I'm just not getting up earlier. God, okay. I, I can't stand so, this time. What, so what was it? I mean, it was a World War One policy to uh, conserve energy. So I guess that loosely translate translates into working yeah. more efficiently, yeah. more efficiently within daylight hours. Mm. Um, I tell you what, you guys, I'm your representative. You you come to me with how we work this, and again, I think we put in there that it, it's not <clears throat> it's not uh, relevant anymore. And number two, it sure does mess up our pets. It does. Yes. And, you know, they're still going to come. My dog knows within five minutes when he's supposed to get fed, mm-hmm. and he's really mad when we have yeah. daylight yeah. changing time. Right. Much less our kids. Right. Yeah, and yeah. our kids are the same way. You're right. You heard it first here. Dr. Lynn Stuckey, I would like it to not be dark at 5 p.m. Yes. See what you can do about that for us. <laughs> well, we like the As our elected one. representative. LynnStuckey.com. You let us know how you want to form this bill, and we'll get going. Because okay. I can start filing as early as next November. Okay. But didn't it get brought up not too long ago? No, it goes, it goes through every year. Okay. It just gets we need the twi- We need the twist about the animals. Because yeah. you know what? Yeah, I, I deal Peter, with sixty. They love us. Sixty-six <laughs> percent of the of the representatives, or somewhere around that, are lawyers, and nobody really cares if uh, you know that you don't have an advantage as a lawyer. No, but as a veterinarian, more representatives like you mm-hmm. because they usually have the commonality that they like animals. In fact, yeah. I get calls all the time from other reps wanting me to give them advice on their animals. That doesn't hurt when it comes to hey, don't kill my bill. You know, even if sure. they don't agree with me. Use but what you can use, you, right? You're making sausage. You do everything yeah. you can. But is there a big, what is the big argument of? Yeah, who's what, out there trying yeah. to kill like the end daylight savings time bills? Is it just because the Republicans mm. are saying and the Democrats don't want it? Is that the reason why it's dying or what? what is the? Uh, it's never been taken that serious. Oh, okay. Mm. And I think you want to make, you want to make it really serious that we the best thing you can do is, like I said, when you come back off the floor and you got a bill that's about there, is to know that you had a whole flood of people calling and emailing you about it. Because mm. if you think you got 400 people that are going to vote for or against you that want that, you're more likely to step up there and vote to get rid of, of daylight savings time. Wow, yeah. that's valid. The other thing that's a problem is right now is trying to decide which one do we do, the daylight saving time or the regular time. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out which one uh, everybody wants. Longer evening. Longer evenings. Yeah. makes and more sense to there us you go. anyways. And then uh, we need to have everybody uh, calling their representatives about the time that thing's going to hit the floor. Mm-hmm. And we need to... Because is it Arizona that has it? Arizona. Arizona. They, they, are, they stay on one time. That's it. Mm. I'm with you. I yeah. agree with you. I like it. I think Hawaii. <laughs> maybe Hawaii does too. I'm not mm. real sure. But. There needs to be more. We're leaders in Texas. So, right. so speaking of people getting a hold of you, throw all your how how, do, how does that happen? Socials, socials, websites, phone numbers. We got them. Whatever all. you want. You, you know, I hope you all got. Oh, we'll one attach of these. them too. Yeah, yeah. I hope you all got one of these mailers. It's yep. one thing that the state did help me with, and it talks a lot about the everything that we not everything we did, everything mm-hmm. we did to the point we we sent this out. But it has information on there on you know how to get a hold of us. 
We have our, you know, capital extension E2822 and the phone number 512-463-0582. Or you can go to www.house.texas.gov. Or you can go to lynn.stuckey at house.texas.gov. Or you can call the Weiss County number, 940-243-0230. There you go. Or the Denton yeah. County numbers. And nice. uh, those are ways you can get us. Or you can go to com. however you want to do it. But Perfect. we are here we'll to serve. We'll attach it all. Yeah. And we, we don't just ignore anybody. There's Occasionally somebody will, will call into some crazy thing and say we never talk, called them back. And it's mm-hmm. like, where we document every phone call. Mm-hmm. Where, when did you call and where? And sometimes... It got lost, but if don't give up, yeah, because it's not that we ignored you. Something happened. I right. Persistence is key. Right, right. Well, I can speak to that even personally. It's uh, my family came down for a capital to- capital tour, <clears throat> and they were turned away by the capital tour people. But they got a hold of your office, and your office found out how to facilitate that. Interesting. And it shouldn't no work that way, but it does sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and Brad, next time I will personally come out there, and we'll go around. Yeah, the, you got. Much we will more go around business. the security and bring them all in, <laughs> even if you're even if you're legally packing. Okay? So what you're saying yeah. is is the the wall works there. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. it does. No, you ha- you have much more important business. Right. But uh, no. But never. thank you for coming on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's been, been a, a fun night. I, I think I'll take you up on coming back when Burns is here and try yeah. to try Heck to stand yeah. over there and harass him or something. You bet. <laughs> Tell us stories he don't want on there. County Judge J.D. Clark next yeah. week. Next Sunday, yeah. And then yep. uh, I'm trying to think of the order. Then Kevin Burns, Commissioner Kevin Burns, and yep. then Mayor Amanda Black, yep. and yep. then City Councilman Eddie, Eddie Allen. Allen. So. You know, I, uh, I just got to, to meet with Eddie Allen and, and spend some time with him. We need to all be praying for his wonderful son, Clark. He is doing better. And I hear he's doing better. He is. Uh, what an amazing young man. Oh, man. And, and amazing dad. I, I haven't yep. got to meet uh, his mom uh, or Clark's mom yet, but, um, you know. Yeah, they're good people. We're, it's a great community, and, and, and he's told me uh, that the community rallies behind him, oh, yeah. and uh, we need to continue to do that. That's great. Yep. And he's got a GoFundMe uh, account. Because of all the expenses that are yep. going on, and they mm-hmm. were just down at uh, MD Anderson in Houston. Yep. Again, I think knock on wood. I think the last thing I heard from Eddie was another two weeks, and he should be able to come back home if everything keeps going the way it's going. So he, it's he great. is. He wow. is on the That's great news. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. Thank you again, guys. Hey, this, you this bet. Has been man. awesome, and look forward to getting together again. Heck yeah. Uh, Thank you, Doctor. Maybe Stucky. trying that bourbon or. Or that in a steak. Or you bet. We, we have an open door oh, yeah. policy, man. Get Anytime you want to come. Absolutely. <laughs> steak yeah. for sure. Yeah, we, okay. I've, we've got the message. A, a, steak's not, a steak night's going to happen. Yeah, it's again. definitely yeah. not going to be a vegetarian. <laughs> we can promise you that. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Yeah. yeah. Adios. Good night. You've been listening to the Whiskey Bros Around the Table.
por convivir con los hermanos Whisky. <risa>